0: Log
1: Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Pengloff coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Yeah, let's do that as I'm trying to type in the name of my... Yeah. My guest this morning into the thing, and it's doing the wrong thing, and I'm saving it wrong. We just had a quick chat off the air, so so we are all set to go here. So this is going to be fun. So welcome to Action Radio from the Gulf Coast of Florida here in the Panhandle. And so it's it's balmy out there. It's foggy. It's warm. It's it's what winter should be, you know, 70 degrees. <laughs> so I'm having way too much fun. All right, I got a fellow pilot on the line here, although he's got a ton more experience than I do. So let me just uh, get, uh, get my welcoming theme here as I'm scrolling madly away down, and introduce my guest of the day, who is Dr. Kevin Stillwagon. That's one of the most creative names I've ever heard, so I'm going to have to ask him the origin of where that comes from. But he is a pilot, a retired Delta captain. Uh, we've got, uh, what else has he been doing here? A chiropractor, and most importantly, though, he's a crusader. Uh, for truth, you know, with those of us who've been fighting the the government COVID response since the beginning, you know, for this virus that only affected what less than a percentage point of the population, seriously. Uh, So it's pretty amazing. And so uh, it's Monday morning. I'm still a little rusty. I've been got to shake off the weekend and and get things in gear here. But I want to welcome my guest, uh, Dr. Uh, Kevin Stillwagon, to the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Greg, and thanks for having me on today. I appreciate that. Well, it's great to have you on. This is going to be fun. So let's, uh, let's get you a cheer, first of all, for all the good stuff you do. So you have to tell me, where does your name come from? That is fascinating.
2: Well, it's, uh, it's a German German name, and uh, I actually traced my family history uh, and built a very large tree on Ancestry.com. And uh, I found out that uh, three, three brothers uh, named uh, Wagon it was spelled a little differently came over and settled in the Philadelphia area in the 1700s before the uh, revolutionary war and my fifth great grandfather uh of course signed up to be in the Re- revolutionary war and he was captured and mm-hmm. uh when his wife found out about that she decided to uh fight those guys as well and actually went to the camp and, um, of course, they weren't allowed to fight on the front lines. And so my fifth great-grandmother uh, was actually uh, helping to, uh, you know, rearm the men on the front lines, help, helping them to restock the cannons, and she was also bringing them water in in pitchers. And uh, she actually got the nickname Molly Pitcher. That was hmm. my fifth great-grandmother. Yeah, so I've, I've got some... Uh, you know, uh, you know, true, uh, you know, patriotism in in my background. And I I think that's kind of where (laughs) where my gumption comes from. I I value my freedom and uh, I'm I'm not I'm not willing to give it up. I'm just not going to do that.
1: Well, see, that's perfect, and you're on the right show because my ancestry is uh, Canadian uh, and Greek. Uh, my my father's side, uh, the the uh, the Greek side, went to Australia. Uh, actually, English on, on my mother's side, and they went to Canada uh, because they were loyalists, which is the exact opposite of me. Right, I'm am an anti-federalist, if anything, and so uh, so they Great. went up there and settled around Toronto, where I was born. And so it's quite interesting, but it's just ironic that a, a German ancestry family uh, was fighting, you know, on the side of America against the British. I, mean, I just find that fascinating. Uh, yeah, right you know. there. isn't that yeah. something? Anyway, yeah. so so let's talk flying. Let's let's uh, talk about your specialty here. So, uh, um, so your, I guess, what what, what are some of the planes you were flying? When were you uh, in the airlines? Like me a little perspective. Um- yeah, so so I've always wanted to be a pilot, kinda of like you. Uh you yeah, I know, the feeling.
2: you wanted to be a yeah, ever since you were a kid. That was that was me. Mm-hmm. And so, um you know, my my father knew that I wanted to be a pilot and uh but he wanted me to be a chiropractor and follow into his footsteps.
0: Interesting. And
2: so he he and I learned to fly at the same time. We we did it like a father son project and I started flying oh. at the age of fifteen. Yeah, Where so I actually, uh, w- w- this was in uh, a small uh, airport south of Pittsburgh called the Ross Traver okay. Airport. And mm-hmm. it was near the town that I grew up in called Monongahela on the Monongahela River. Yep, and heard so of it. my father and I, yeah, we learned to fly at the same time. We actually got our instrument ratings on the same day. And mm. uh, we also got our, our multi-engine ratings on the same day. And so I continued to fly as I went to chiropractic college. And uh, after I graduated college and went into practice, that was in in 1980, uh, I practiced full-time for about seven years. And then in 1987, I decided that I would rather be an airline pilot than a chiropractor. I had all of the ratings. I had friends that were airline pilots. And it looked to Mm -hmm. me like they were having a whole lot – more fun than I was being <laughs> in an office all day and
1: yeah.
2: so I went out and got my airline transport pilot rating and started to apply for some airlines and so I did get hired uh, first by Eastern Airlines of course they went out of business and yep. I was flying the 727 there at Eastern oh, Airlines. That's
1: a, that's a classic uh, airplane. 707, 727. Oh, yeah. Those are the cool airplanes. And uh, I've talked about. This. We sort of mentioned I was, uh, you know, going, I was trying to get in the airlines myself, but I was doing it a little bit later in '92 when they all went broke, and it was a totally different environment. But uh, the, but they taken the, the fun airplanes were leaving. 707, 727, 747, 757, maybe 7567. I don't know. But 757 looked like the sports car. But after that, yeah. these, these new airplanes, 737 Max and the Airbus, they're, they're computer planes. You don't buy them. You just kind of look at them and push a button. <laughs>
2: That's that's exactly right. So, you know, I I did get to fly the dinosaurs. I, I flew the, uh, the DC-10 also, the, you know, the okay. wide-body uh, aircraft. Flew that thing, uh, you know, pretty much all over the world. And uh, then I got to fly the DC-9, which is also a dinosaur. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was a captain on that thing for a long time. And okay. uh, then after the DC nine, I migrated into the Airbus, and that's what I that's what I was forced to retire off of from Delta Airlines. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've been in the airline industry for thirty three years, and twenty one years as a captain for Major Airlines. Wow. And so, you know, I've got a, I've got a handle on on how you know the airline safety aspect is supposed to work. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten ourselves into a situation right now uh, with the FAA where they they have turned their head the other direction. They're denying that pilots and flight attendants and mechanics and air traffic controllers have been injured by the so-called COVID vaccine, which is not even a vaccine. And um, they've, they've turned their head the other way. And this is causing a serious problem with aviation safety right now because of uh, myocarditis issues happening in pilots and the possibility of uh, sudden adult adult death syndrome happening at a really bad time so yeah well, I've been well, very that vocal
1: <laughs> That's a new term. What do you mean sudden adult death syndrome? That was, there was no such thing, you know, three years ago. <laughs> this is a brand new term. Right. This is, yeah. this is a euphemism for, yeah. for we really screwed up badly and we don't care because we're not liable. How am I doing?
2: And, and, they, and they will throw a term at it like sudden adult death that doesn't mean anything because they're mm-hmm. not giving you a reason for the death. But it's it's very clear that it that it's associated with myocarditis that can be a direct result of this shot. Yep. And they've admitted that. You know, it's it's an admission uh from the pharmaceutical uh manufacturers, both uh Moderna and Pfizer. You know, they, they had to get what's called a biological licensing application in order to get FDA approval. Mm-hmm. And that biological licensing application Requires them to track the incidences of myocarditis out until the year 2027. So yeah, hmm. this is still an experiment. It's still an experiment. People don't realize that. You know, when you when you run out and get this shot, you're 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 putting yourself into a trial <laughs> that's running to the year 2027. And what really aggravates me is mm-hmm. the fact that the FAA, the FAA, back in December of 2020, literally two days after Moderna got their uh, emergency use authorization approval, uh, the FAA came out and said, well, we recommend that all airline pilots go out and get this shot. Now, they did not mandate the shot, but they left the door wide open for all of the, uh, the airline employers to mandate the shot. And that's exactly what happened, even though it's illegal. You cannot mandate an experimental procedure into anyone. You just you just can't do that. But but it was done anyway. And, oh there's um, a lot of things that you can't do that were, we're done.
1: <laughs> We've documented a whole case. I was just writing yeah. down some notes here as we're talking here, so that's uh, yeah. So doesn't it seem a little bit too convenient? you know, the FAA within two days of, the, of the, the CDC or FDA recommend, I mean, the FAA and the FDA recommendation.
3: Yeah. I mean,
1: I think the fix has been in the whole time. I mean, I, we've had Judy Mikovits in the show. Brian Ervis yeah. is another chiropractor, by the way, too. Uh, he's not a pilot, but maybe yeah. can Yeah, I know. Him. I know, Brian. Yeah. Okay, good. You know, actually, actually he, that just took, he, he just took us, yeah, he took his first flying lesson. I was there. The oh, he, day did. he did that. Oh, i got to get in my yes, book. I wrote a book, yeah. uh, just to do a shameless <laughs> plug here, I wrote a book called The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction, because after two years of instructing I realized that everything we were teaching wasn't really working for general aviation pilots. Now, for the commercial guys, you guys get the procedures, the training, the experience, the practice, you know, the latest sim technology, the latest technology and everything, but the basic general aviation pilot, you know, they've got a bunch of rope procedures and they have no ability to think because they're not taught to think. And so I have a whole, right. I devised an entire new training system on how to think and how to be pilot command from the very first lesson. You might get a kick out of it. I think it, it's on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, the complete guide to flight instruction. Yeah. So I'll probably play a, another shameless commercial during our, our, our time here, but uh, yeah, we get I can have you back talking yeah. like flying stuff, but I want to get to the, the, the COVID yeah. stuff here. So Brian took his first lesson that, isn't that interesting? Doctors, chiropractors, pilots. It's a, it's a similar, you know, if you want to accomplish something, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very yeah. much of an individual pursuit, both of those things, medicine and flying, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. And, and,
2: and it's, flying is so much fun. I yeah, mean, it is. It's a sense of freedom when you're, you're up there just, just you, mm-hmm. know, you know, dr- drilling holes through the sky. It's just
1: yeah. it's a blast. So, well, see, yeah. I want to get my own little home-built. Well, home-built, well I'll see if I get someone else. The, the Viper Jet, which is a, a jet. Um, it looks like a little military trainer, two-seat uh, composite. 500 knot, <laughs> fully aerobatic. That's, that's, my, that's my, uh, my goal here, if this thing really takes off here at Action Radio. But enough of our own personal stuff. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> we have too many other things to talk about. Yeah. So I'm guessing you were forced to retire because of the COVID jab. Would I be right in that?
2: Well, I, I, was, I was forced to retire because of the mask mandate. And this, this oh, was before. Yeah, this was before the COVID jab uh, you know, even rolled out. So I, I was forced to retire back in June of 2020 and that was 6 okay. months before the covid uh, shot even came out hmm. but you know I, I i told i told my chief pilots i said you know you you shouldn't be putting these masks on passengers because it's it's not just a mask as they mm-hmm. call it it it's a medical device that restricts airflow and i said you're mm-hmm. basically you know practicing medicine without a license you're you're putting these masks on people that should never wear masks like people mm-hmm. with COPD and emphysema and maybe people that are claustrophobic and it's going to be mm-hmm. a problem and it doesn't stop the spread of illness anyway just read the box you know i, I took the box <laughs> in and yes, it used and, to say and, that you know put yeah,
1: uh, it yeah put they it took right. that off yeah put right. it right they took the warning off but it used to say <laughs> yeah. it doesn't stop viruses i think right go ahead tell tell that story cuz that's hysterical
2: right yeah so yeah, so I, I took it in, and I said, just read the box. It says right here, it does not stop the spread of any airborne illness. And, uh, you know, so so what you're doing is is not not good. And I said, uh, you know, you, you've never tested this on pilots to see how it would affect their reaction time or, or their mm-hmm. uh, ability to think or the decrease in uh, oxygen level to the brain, the increase in carbon dioxide, you've never tested any of that. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wear it. I'm just not going to do it. And so Wait, you know, they, they you called were wearing, me when I was on, a, on.
1: You were wearing masks on the flight deck while you were flying the airplane? It was just you and the and the, and well, the, they, the first officer. What? There was,
2: really? there was some of that going on. Yes, there were, there was some of that going on. And, you know, some, some of these pilots that were so frightened of dying from this so-called virus. You know, they were wearing their masks all the time, even in the cockpit. And it wasn't mandated for you to wear one in the cockpit. That's for sure, because it can interfere with your ability to communicate with uh, air traffic control and also with the other pilot. And so, of course, I I never, ever put one on, ever. And, uh, you know, I got calls from the chief pilot that said, you have to wear the mask as part of your uniform, and I said, "No, I'm not going to wear it." And they said, "Well, then you can't work here anymore." Wow! So that's why I was forced to retire. Yeah. In, in How about another airline another that was because
1: def- uh, you've gone with another airline, maybe or no.
2: Yeah. Well, the problem with doing that is you have to start at the very bottom of the seniority list again, and it's oh, a okay. you know a significant uh, yeah a significant pay cut. So you you can't just move from one air, airline to another as a captain. But recently, it's funny you should mention that. Recently, that has changed hmm. because there's there's a um, there's a shortage of qualified pilots right now. Mm-hmm. And so, if you remember now, you remember, yeah, there, great there, there
1: was, <laughs> timing is everything. When yeah, it comes now, to every now there is now, now, right. now right yeah okay.
2: Well, they 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 they've significantly cut the requirements now to be a pilot at an airline. They've cut the uh, educational requirements down. And you know they oh, really? used, used to have to have oh. oh yeah, you used to have to have an advanced degree to even be considered to be hired by a major airline. And then you also right. had to have several thousand hours of flight experience. And they've they've significantly reduced all of those requirements now. And mm-hmm. so what's happening is uh, they're taking the pilots that are that are more qualified, and they are able to move from one airline to another, which is called uh, direct captain hire at a, huh. at a new airline. And this okay. is what happened with the envoy incident. Do you remember there was a, a, no, an incident me. where, uh, well, it was in Chicago, and it was an envoy flight, and they were headed uh, to Columbus, Ohio. And literally 90 seconds after they took off, the brand-new captain who was in training to get his captain certification died in the seat 90 seconds after takeoff. Oh, wow. Now, luckily, the guy, luckily, the guy in the right seat um, was a highly qualified instructor and, uh, of course, was able to take over the aircraft and get it back on the ground safely and get it to the gate but yeah, this this guy was a brand new captain. He was he was brand new with the airline, and he was a direct uh, seat hire. Um, you know, normally you, you get hired into the right seat and you build up experience, and then uh, you know if you get enough seniority, then you move into the left seat as a as a captain. But but he was hired directly into that seat and was getting trained, and he died. Now. He was only fifty four years old. He was in uh-huh. excellent shape, and you know when you get hired by an airline you you are you are literally poked and prodded and checked and put on a treadmill and you know they just want to make sure that you 're perfectly healthy uh-huh. so this guy went through all of that, and now you know he dies in the seat, wow. and we think it was
1: probably due to myocarditis.
2: And the sudden COVID syndrome. We can say that it
1: openly about. here. That, that's yeah. a COVID shot. I mean, we, I, I post things all the time on our uh, X-ray yeah. vaccine group, private group. The, the COVID shots are, are just, uh, the, what else can you conclude? I mean, it's the only thing that's changed in the last few years.
2: Yeah, well, that's right. There's a temporal association there. And mm-hmm. so really the only way to prove it is to do an autopsy. And we can't even find out if they even did an autopsy on that guy. And so, you know, the FAA. Is supposed to be the watchdog of safety here. They mm-hmm. should have demanded um, an autopsy be done on that guy. They mm-hmm. should have also demanded that the uh, the cockpit voice recorder tapes be pulled so that they could have heard the conversations between, uh, you know, the brand new captain and the training captain to see if, uh, you know, the captain <laughs> said anything about how he was feeling before this incident occurred. Um, and, and that and that should be public knowledge, you know, because <laughs> well, this, public knowledge
1: this, this is the last thing that the government's considering. They're, they're keeping everything secret. Yeah, You've know. got pilots who are flying right now who are who are vaccine injured. What's well, this is called COVID shot injured who are not saying anything because they're yeah. desperately trying to keep their careers and they're endangering everybody in the plane and on the ground because of it. And yet we know that's going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we do know that that's going on, and they're counting on
1: what's called that
2: that uh, that pilot redundancy, and that's why there's always. <laughs> do <two>, you mean luck? <laughs> uh, <two, laughs> that's what they're counting yeah, on. Two, two, yeah, two two pilots in the cockpit. Right. But you know the the danger here is that, and you, you've probably heard this that aviation is hours and hours and hours of boredom interspersed with just a few
1: seconds of stark terror. Well, except when you're a flight instructor, a little more often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry.
2: And you know, yeah. when when, when something when something when something goes goes wrong with a flight, yeah. if it's a, a mechanical emergency or you know something happens in the back of the aircraft with the passengers or a flight attendant, uh, that that can get your heart rate up. See, that, mm-hmm. that causes an adrenaline rush, and um, if you've got underlying myocarditis, that's really all it takes to send your heart into either atrial fibrillation or ventricular fibrillation.
1: Describe that which means fibrillation. The, 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 yeah. well,
2: the, well, the heart, is, the heart is, is twitching instead of pumping, huh. and it's not able to move the blood, and so you will lose consciousness. And unless you get that heart you know, restarted and you get the proper electrical flow moving through there, you will die.
1: That's the sudden adult death syndrome that, that we're seeing. So uh, what are those and defibrillators called? Uh, AED something, or you know those devices? Yeah. The automatic AED, defibrillation? AEDs, yeah. AEDs, thank yep, you very they're much. On, yeah. They're on all
2: Yeah, they're on yeah the they're airplanes? On all aircraft now.
1: On the flight yeah, deck? They're required. Just in case. I mean, I'm, I'm joking. Well, they're
2: them. not. <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not, of course, not on the flight deck. But, yeah, every, every aircraft is required to have those. And we had an incident with uh, Captain Bob Snow, who was flying an Airbus into Dallas. And uh, this was several months ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, literally six minutes after the uh, full airplane, you know, 200 passengers on it, six minutes after the wheels were on the runway and he was parked at the gate, he stood up to, you know, repack his flight case to move to the next aircraft. And he uh, had heart failure right on the flight deck. Wow! And luckily, there was some. There was a, uh, a uh, emergency medical team that was literally at the very next gate, and uh, so they were able to drag uh, Captain Snow out into the jetway. And this emergency medical team was able to get his heart restarted, and they they got him got him to a local hospital, and and luckily he was able to survive, but he's lost his ability to fly now due to yep. myocarditis. You know, when you, when you have uh, a definitive diagnosis of myocarditis, you absolutely cannot be issued a medical certificate to fly any aircraft, even even a glider or a small Cessna. You cannot fly. You're done. And that is because myocarditis is so freaking dangerous. It can end up causing the sudden adult death syndrome that we're talking about here. This is nothing to mess around with. Plus the statistics have shown us that if you have diagnosed myocarditis and you don't do anything about it, your chance of dying from it are about uh, 20% within two years and 50% within
1: five years. This funny is you say that. <laughs> because Well, I mean funny to say it, but it's interesting. Uh, now, uh, I had um, really bad, well, not, I didn't think it was a bad heart murmur, but apparently I had an increasing heart murmur. And it turned out I had a mitral valve that wasn't fitting properly and I had 50% blood right. regurgitation, so only 50% of my blood was was flowing properly. So, and the, the danger. When I talked to the surgeon, he says, "Yeah, your your biggest danger is heart swelling." Uh, he said at that time I had a 50, a 20% chance of dying in the next five years. And I think, but now you're saying it's more like 20% in the first two years, and then 50% and you know yep. 50% in the next five years. So I got a surgery, and I'm That's bike right. riding and hitting the gym, and I'm running around. And I'm I'm healthy as you know. I've been, I'm feeling like a, like a 20 year old uh, having a great time because it's finally right. like, like full blood flow the first time. So I'm still curious though, what happens? Cause I want to go for an FA medical too, but of course I'll be third class cause I'll be flying privately. I'm not going to be flying commercially. Um, but even right. so, I'm hoping that's not going to be a problem because demonstrably I'm healthier than I, you know, I was healthy before. I, d- I just didn't know I had a potential for, for myocarditis or, or right. heart swelling and everything else. But, uh, now that that's been taken care of, you know, I've, I've got the, the, the surgery stuff to prove it, uh, including scar. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, yeah. Anyway, but the point right. is that uh, these things can be mm-hmm. fixed, you know. And so, well, from what they, you know about F.A. medical, stuff, yeah, just can, on a personal note, is that going to cause me a, any grief? Yeah.
2: No. No. They, they can be fixed. And, you know, there okay. are uh, specific – they're called um, uh, special issuances for, for mm-hmm. flight medicals based on uh, work that you've had done on your heart. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, those, those, uh, those are, you know, problems that you can get fixed as you mentioned, and you can be issued a medical to fly. Okay. But if you do have a diagnosed myocarditis, mm-hmm. that's a no fly. That's right. a Do not issue. You
1: cannot get a medical certificate yeah. period. Well, that's how the, show, so the show, to make sure that, that doesn't happen. And then this COVID shot came out and it's like, you can say the COVID shot, I said, hell no. You know, I've already had yeah. surgery. I'm not going so uh, like to risk that, all the good work they did.
2: That would be stupid. Well, that's what, what amazes me. I mean, why would the FAA knowingly mm-hmm. allow something to be injected into pilots that causes something that would prohibit a pilot from flying? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And so they, they did this probably out of fear. You know, everybody was afraid that, oh, if you don't, if you don't, you know, if you you don't get this shot, you're going to die. The virus is going to kill you. None of that was true. And they knew that. We had a perfect Petri dish to look at this. It was called Mm -hmm. the Diamond Princess cruise ship that was quarantined off the coast of Japan in 2020. Uh And, yeah, so, you know, about nine people died from that. And they were all elderly and frail and comorbid. Those are the people who died. Now, admittedly, some people got sick, and they did have severe symptoms, but they did not die. And so this is pretty much like what a normal flu season would look like. So it was not nearly as deadly as the government and mass media was making this thing out to be. It just wasn't. And so fear started to spread, panic started to spread. Project Warp Speed showed up, and you know, everybody's demanding we got to have something, we got to have something. And so they rolled out this shot with mm-hmm. brand new technology that's not even technically a vaccine.
1: It's yeah, it's, it's genetic just not, modification. You know, we've a talked va- about that, yeah, in, in great detail. But yeah, yeah, yeah. feel free to stay yeah, you know, so a
2: va- a, a vaccine, more. Yeah, so a, va- a vaccine, a vaccine. Yeah, a vaccine is supposed to have something in it that is going to immediately cause the production of antibodies mm-hmm. in your blood. This shot doesn't do that. This shot has lipid nanoparticles in it, and when those are injected into you, they're made of normal body fats. So your body doesn't reject them. It it does nothing. It just lets these lipid nanoparticles run all through your blood and lymphatic system, and it merges with just about any cell that they come in contact with, hmm. because they're made of the same stuff. It's lipids. It's fatty material, and so yeah,
1: cholesterol, right? The cholesterol, go, and that kind of stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, cholesterol and DSPC are the specific names of these things, okay. and so. Inside of that lipid nanoparticle are the smaller lipid nanoparticles and those are the ones that are toxic and those are the ones that contain the messenger RNA and so that stuff gets dumped into the cell and then the cell will start to crank out the spike protein, the worst part of the virus, the most toxic part of the virus and then those things start circulating in your bloodstream and now the antibodies get produced. But it's the wrong antibody. See, mm-hmm. it's 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 making an antibody against a spike protein that doesn't even exist in nature anymore. It's been mutated, and so the, the antibodies aren't doing you any good whatsoever. See, and yeah, that's they why the people keep insisting... oh, they haven't changed
1: the formula, right? So, so that as I understand it, that the original SARS-CoV-2 virus, you know, basically went yeah. extinct. What, like a year, like 2021? It was already gone pretty much, and they're still injecting people in 2023 uh, for a virus that, does, that hasn't existed for two years. Exactly. And, you know, they keep trying to catch up with the
2: mutations, but that's impossible. Mm-hmm. The mutations happen so fast, it's just like the flu shot, you know? And that's, that's yeah. why, you know, they keep insisting that people run out and get a flu shot every year to supposedly protect them. But, there's, but there is no protection there. Greg there's huh. absolutely no protection whatsoever because the the idea of an antibody is to be circulating in the bloodstream right mm-hmm. so that the next time you get infected it will be there to block that uh, invader and mm-hmm. hopefully re- reduce the severity and the length of your sy- symptoms and keep you out of the hospital but that's not happening with this shot because The antibodies that are produced are suboptimal, and they have a way of binding now. They have a way of binding with the virus that's currently circulating and actually making it easier, easier to get into cells of your body. Mm. And so it's making the situation far, far worse. And that's why most people that are having severe problems with COVID right now are people that got the jab, yeah. Because they've got yeah. those suboptimal
1: antibodies floating around in their, in their blood. Well, let me ask you something about uh, our immune system in general, because this doesn't make sense to me. So just on, on a theoretical logic, you know, we, we have what I call the logic and reason filter here, which everything goes through. So we have an immune system. Uh, I think, in fact, I'm positive that I had COVID even though I was never tested because I don't think the tests work. And we'll get into that in a minute too. But, uh, we had, we had what we think was COVID ripped through, uh, the Florida panhandle and we're up here in the Northeast, uh, Northwest corner, um, between late December, 2019 and early January, 2020. So I had it over those two weeks, last week in December and the first week in January. uh, I've got the shows to prove it. I sound terrible, (laughs) but I still did the show. I mean, I wasn't, you know, and I'm, I'm 63 now. So this would have, I've been 61 or sixty somewhere in there. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, point being I'm not a no spring chicken. I wasn't born yesterday, you know. And so with me right. um, I did the show and then I you know, you know, I was working a full time job and doing full time radio. So I'm exhausted, right? And so I was perfectly set yeah. up for this this kind of a virus because I already had I was already immune compromised because I was trying to create action radio. And so right. I you know I told the job I said, look, I gotta take two days off. You know, Oh, we you need you I said, everybody's taking sick time. So yeah, how about that? Something's going on here. There's a bug going around. So we didn't know what it was. No one had ever heard of COVID yeah. for another like few weeks, right? So anyway, so I took a couple of days, rested, and I was fine. I never lost taste and smell. You know, I never had some of this, but I had all the other symptoms. I had the worst cough in the world. I couldn't sleep lying down. I had to sit up. It was the first time in my life. Uh, but with a couple of days of rest, yeah. then I was fine. But I've got a really good immune system, and I've told this story before, because I was a tour guide in San Francisco for eight years. So I met people from all over the world. There's not a country that I haven't met a person from. Right. <laughs> well, maybe some in Africa and Asia. But for the most part, my, my immune system is completely tested. So I got over this bug. Never, never wore a mask, refused to get a out yeah. because I didn't think it made any sense. But the point is, the immune system, right. this idea, and here's the part I was getting to, the idea that we have to have an artificial drug, an inert virus put into our system to make our immune system do what it does naturally anyway. So why would you have to alert the immune right. system ahead of time? when I mean, the immune system is specifically designed to always be on alert, but it doesn't go, it doesn't kick into high gear until there's an invader. So why would you pre, pre-do it? you know, before it's needed. I mean, the whole point of an immune yeah. system is it waits until it's needed. And when it's needed, it kicks into high gear. Same for my COVID, two weeks, right? So I, I was you know, right. building up and I was, okay. I was working, you know, uh, working sick for a while, mm-hmm. and then I got over it. And then of course, a couple of days of rest, you know, a couple of days later, I'm great, back at work, yeah. and I, I never look back. So what is it about, Yeah. Is this just to sell vaccines? Is it even aren't vaccines? Is it just the money end of it? But logically, there's no reason for a vaccine unless there's something so horrible that your body can't adapt to it before you're dead. But short of like Ebola maybe. Right. Uh but that we can say. But short of that, that's the whole theory of vaccines. Do you do you buy it? Does it make sense? Does it work or what can we do instead? No, the the whole the the whole idea
2: of va- of a vaccination doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Okay. Because what it's doing is it's creating what's called a serum antibody that's circulating in your blood and lymph. It cannot stop an infection. Uh-oh. It can only react to the infection. That's huh. what they're there for. They, they're part of the adaptive arm of the immune system, it's called. Okay. It adapts to an infection. The protection of infection is Cellular. It's basically like uh, guard dogs on a fence. You have a mm-hmm. fence that separates the outside of your body from the inside of your body. It's called the epithelium, right? It okay. starts at your skin and it transitions into your mouth and through your esophagus and all the way out the other end. It mm-hmm. also starts at the skin of, of your nose and it goes all the way through your respiratory tract. See, it's it's a, it's a covered layer and it, also covers your resp- your uh, reproductive system and your urinary system because all of these layers have contact with the outside world.
1: That's true. Okay, that makes and sense. And so
2: there's a yeah yeah so that barrier is mm-hmm. is like a fence and you've got cells that guard that fence, um, and they're they're called sentinel cells. They have specific names and specific jobs. They're called natural killer cells. They're also called dendritic cells. And they're also what are called activated T cells. Yeah, so T cells. cells.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: Yeah. So those are the cells that have the ability to actually destroy cells that have viruses in them Mm -hmm. before the virus gets released into your blood.
0: Oh that
2: is called oh, that makes that sense. is called the yeah that's protection of infection right there huh. the antibodies are only there as a backup system if you do get infected right then what happens is those dendritic cells that I talked about will chop up the virus or the invader into all parts all of the protein parts and it will train your immune system to recognize all of these protein parts so that if it ever happens again it will immediately recognize that and will be able to react to it more quickly so see that's that's where the idea of the vaccine comes in like you said they think that it makes sense to prime the immune system to get ready for an invader but the problem is they're creating antibodies that aren't Perfect. The only way that you can get a perfect antibody is to have a natural infection. That invader, whatever it is, a virus, a bacteria, a fungus, it has to come through the epithelial layer from the outside of you to the inside of you. That's the only way that your immune system can be properly trained to recognize the whole particle, the whole virus, the whole bacteria, injecting something through that barrier and putting it into your blood that is Mm -hmm. not the actual invader, but it's training your immune system to look at just a piece of it, Uh It's it's not a good idea. It just doesn't work. And that's why we're in the situation that we're in today. People are running around getting an injection that doesn't give them any protection at all. It actually makes it worse.
1: Well, so the mutations come from all the, uh, all the COVID jabs, the messenger RNA stuff is creating the opportunity for the virus to mutate faster. That's what I've heard. I forgot what it's called. There's some word for it. Anti something, but there or enhancement of whatever it is. There's there's a term for this where those that have been vaccine injured uh, develop uh, mutations. Right now, you know, there's something
2: that, that people need to realize about mutations. Okay. The, vi- the virus is not a living thing, okay? It it doesn't have any intelligence whatsoever. It has no desire to attack you, and it it has no ability to inject its genetic material inside of you. It has no ability to mutate itself. It can't do that. All of these actions that are happening hmm. in your body are under, yeah, they're under intelligent control by the cells. It's at the cellular level. So okay. there are specific enzymes. There are specific enzymes inside of your cells called Apobec, A-P-O-B-E-C. Apobec enzymes that direct the mutations of these virus particles. So the mutations are being done by us, not the virus.
0: Oh, okay. Most, that most, makes sense.
2: Most people, yeah, most yeah. Well, most people don't, don't get that. Even some doctors don't get that. And so why, why would the virus, why would our bodies be mutating the virus? Well, the answer is sometimes you need to make those mutations so that the virus can continue to spread through the population. Because there could be. I'm not saying that that's, you know, how this works, but it could be that there's a message inside of those virus particles, the ones that are coming from nature now. I'm not talking about the ones that Fauci manufactures.
1: Yeah, that's I'm the talking about these, these, part, yeah, these, the ones, these
2: particles yeah. that exist in nature. There, there could be a genetic message inside of there that our bodies need so that we can make new proteins to change cellular function, so that we can adapt to the envirom- environmental changes that we ourselves have created. Now, let me say that a different way. You know, we are constantly putting stuff into our environment that shouldn't be there. All kinds of poisons, you know. We we put fluoride in our water. We put all of these additives into our food. We put chemicals into the atmosphere. We're putting 5G radiation out into the atmosphere now. These are things that the human body has never experienced before. They're new things. And so in order for us to be able to survive, our bodies need to have the ability to make a new protein that change cellular function so that we can adapt to these changes and continue to survive as a species. See, we're we're not made of, of DNA. We're made of proteins, right? So the DNA that you were born with has the messages to make the proteins, which is what and who you are. And so if a new protein needs to be made in your body so that you can adapt to things that are happening around you, that message has to come from somewhere else. It could be that the message this is in these virus particles.
1: No, this yeah. is absolutely fascinating. So we, should, we need to talk about it. And I found an article by, from an interview you had in, in RARE, R-A-I-R, RARE Foundation USA, and this is from November 11, 2022. So a little bit ago, a few months ago, but not too far back. And you said exactly the same thing here I was reading about. This is why this sounds familiar. Uh, It says, according to you, we, we breathe close to 100 million viruses daily. Uh, with or without a mask, because we know the masks right. are, are the, the space is too big and the virus is too small. Uh, but that does not mean that we right. get sick, because to get sick, a virus must break through the epithelial barrier. You've already talked about that. Then you go on the PCR test. But the, the right. part that was interesting was you said that man has to make a way, uh, has to have a way to make a new protein inside of our body to change our cellular function so that we can adapt to changes in the environment that we ourselves created. That, right. to me, was absolutely right. fascinating. So, so what exactly yeah. is a virus? So a virus actually might be a messenger. So, the, so there might be something. Yeah. To, so you think the virus is actually useful to us to take information from – so how does, the, how does the information get from, from say, fluoride? Okay, so we've got fluoride in our water, industrial waste product, right, that's been passed off as a uh, – you know, and then the weird thing is when I tried non-fluoride toothpaste, I got cavities, but we can talk about that later. Um, how does your body <laughs> do that? What, how, what's the process of taking a – uh, he's laughing. Okay, yeah, anyway. But what's the process of taking a message from, say, 5G or from fluoride or from extra radiation or from anything that's out there? Uh, how does that get from this, this, the problem to the virus to our body? How, how does that whole process work?
2: Well, you see, the protein comes from what's called messenger RNA. Okay. okay. The, your, your, your nucleus contains your DNA. And so what hmm. happens is, the uh, little strip of it breaks off. That's called messenger RNA, and right. that will leave the nucleus of the cell and go out into the cytoplasm. Now that that contains a specific message to make a specific protein. Now, mm-hmm. if you need a new a new protein, then there's there's got to be another message, and it could be in these virus particles. Okay, and so these apelbeck enzymes have the ability now to uh, to mix the messenger RNA that came out of the nucleus with the new uh, segments of genetic material, hmm. maybe from a virus particle. And now you've had, now you create the ability to make a brand new protein. See,
1: So that makes a brand new cell then from the protein. So if, if I remember my basic right. high school chemistry, amino acids make our proteins. So it's like four amino acids. So are they recombining or is their body recombining the amino acids into all these different complex proteins? Yeah, that's right.
2: There are twenty, twenty to twenty-two amino acids.
1: Okay, so and I wrong then. All right, that, they makes, are,
2: that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's the amino acids that come together to actually form the protein. Okay. okay. And so there are there, are, there are things called codons. It's like three nucleotides long. Uh, this this gets a little technical, but there uh, the nucleotides there are only four. They're uh, adenine, guanine, cytosine, and thymine.
4: That was that's what was your thinking. DNA okay. is made
2: of. Yep.
4: That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah.
2: Okay. So those are the right. four, those are the four nucleotides, and so when you put three of them together, depending upon how those three come together, they code mm-hmm. for a specific amino acid, and those amino acids are then brought in in a specific order and chained mm-hmm. together, and that's mm-hmm. what makes the protein. Okay. Okay. Now let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this COVID shot. Okay. They tell us that there's messenger RNA in there, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they admit that there's messenger RNA in there. Now, anybody can go on the WHO website and look up the exact nucleotide sequence of that messenger RNA. We just talked about the nucleotides. There's four of them, adenine, cytosine, thymine, and guanine. Mm-hmm. You can look up the order of those nucleotides, which is the message to make the protein. So, these are proprietary products, right? So, uh-huh. Pfizer's, Pfizer's is called posenamaran and it's got a specific <laughs> nucleotide sequence. Moderna's is called Elisomeran. Well, they're different from each other. So, they're making a protein, that's for sure, but they're not making the same protein. Pfizer's oh. making a protein that's different from Moderna's. I'll tell you what else that's even more scarier. If you compare them with the original Wuhan spike protein virus, they're Mm -hmm. not the same either. So whatever these products are making, this protein, it's similar to what was on the original virus, but not exactly the same. And the problem is these proteins that these shots are manufacturing in your body are what are called prion proteins. A that's prion protein has, no, it yeah, has the these. ability to right. to change the shape of other proteins that it comes in contact with. And that will change what and who you are. And who said that this Great Reset would change what and who you are? Klaus Schwab said that. Right,
1: exactly. Well, aren't yeah, prions a things that, that are that crucial, that, Jacob? Yeah. Isn't prions, isn't that what's uh, mad cow disease? Cruccarach uh, Jacob syndrome. That's exactly. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. As soon as you said it, sound familiar. Okay. Yep. Well, what's yep. interesting is uh, I did a whole thing on uh, the World Economic Forum, which I call the World Ending Forum, because they they want to convince you yeah. that the world's going to end and only they can solve the problem, which of course is not. It's the Reichstag fire. It's like the Reichstag fire on a, on a world scale, you know, where the Nazis burned down the German yeah. Parliament, blamed the Jews, and then said you need the Nazis to save you from the Jews. Well, who's going to save them from the Nazis, you know, and then we got World War II. Uh, It's the same kind of thing. You know they're they're causing right. everything. They're, they've got a fake climate hoax, and you know, we've talked about that too. I've had Gregory yeah. Redstone on the show several times, uh, and so again this. Yeah. And we're 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 pretty much worldwide. We've got any, anywhere from fifty to sixty countries that uh, join the show at any time, um, and, which Cuba now listens to, which is quite fascinating. But this is a worldwide phenomenon. So you talk about the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. We're talking about unelected people that are self-appointed, egotistical, megalomaniac people with absolutely no official right. power whatsoever. And yet they want to they want to run the world. No. Don't give me a break. Um, but, yeah, they're dangerous.
2: And, you know, they're well, they're dangerous. That's true. And, you know, what what the way they're doing this is it creates mm-hmm. that mass formation psychosis that you've probably heard about. Oh, yeah. They 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 create yep. they create isolation. You know, they mm-hmm. want people to be isolated and feel like they're separate from each other. Mm-hmm. And then then they uh, then they take things away from you. And then they start spreading panic and fear, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. they then they come forth with one solution, one solution that's going to get us out of this mess. And everybody kind of wants to believe that. And then anybody like you or me that doesn't go along with it, then we're ostracized. Oh, <laughs> well, no See? kidding. That's, that's <laughs> how this whole I, I thing can... works. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, go ahead.
2: Anyway, so... You know, Davos is where they just had this last World Economic Forum, right? It just happened Mm -hmm. last week. And uh, not as many people showed
1: up. Oh, that's interesting. Did you see that? I saw yeah, that Klaus Frob himself wasn't wasn't there, and some of the other twiddlies weren't there, and some I don't know if Trudeau was there, but all yeah. the the minions, the, the the good soldiers that are just going to follow orders, I don't think some of them were there. So uh, maybe they're having, maybe they're losing effect, which is good. I mean, like I said, they don't have any official power. We don't have to listen to them, you know. And so when yeah. people talk about the Great Reset, there there's a lot of I mean, you know, Dr. Fascist is what we call him here. You know, the genocidal, psychopathic, yeah. avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher. That's his full title. He said that for a while. He's far more dangerous and um, you know than what, I think Klaus Schwab is.
2: You know what's interesting? Here, here's what I found interesting about this last Davos convention that just ended over there in Switzerland. All mm-hmm. of these mega millionaires have, have their own private jets, right? <laughs> and so they all fly... They fly into this event. Well, guess what? All of the pilots were staying at the same hotel, and these guys got together and started talking,
1: and found out that none of them were jabbed. Okay, so that was true. We had we were wondering about that because it it, it sounded kind of <laughs> like a a thing just to just to fake people out. But it, it as it is actually true. You can confirm that story that they were all unjabbed pilots. Yeah. That's fascinating. Right. I'll tell. We have a special. uh, We have medical freedom and election integrity reporter Diane, who's going to be talking with us with uh, Josh Yoder tomorrow. She's going to love it because I asked her, "Are you sure this is true?" I said, "This sounds like something that I would make up just to just to cause trouble." (laughs) 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 And I do. So they've admitted that. that, Yeah, they've admitted that there's a problem with uh, with aviation safety right now. Let's talk about corporate aviation because this is fascinating. Because I want to get into the psychology of the FAA in a bit. We only have about ten minutes left. You have to come back. This is way too much fun. Um, but but what is but corporate aviation now? To the like uh, what's it? Uh, NetJets and some of the other bigger um, business aviation places. Did they have any kind of a jab or mask policy? Or because of the people they dealt with, do they say, "Up, oh, we got the elite. We don't have to do this." Is there a separation between corporate aviation and airline aviation? The masses have to, you have to be mass psychosis, you know, paranoid and fearful of everything. But the rich folks, the elite folks, the entertainers, the, the big doctors, lawyers, politicians, things like that, the Davos crowd, they know this is a bunch of nonsense, so they can go fly corporate and they don't care. Definitely a separation there, no doubt.
2: Okay. Absolutely no doubt at all. You know, the uh, the TSA was involved in, in the masking and in, in all of this and so when you when you fly on a corporate jet you don't you don't have to go through through that nonsense.
1: So yeah, there's there's definitely a separation. Hmm. Did you ever want to if go fly corporate? Like a cup like in want. a Gulfstream and, you know, do like uh New York to Tokyo and just kinda of sit back and, you know I don't I, know, I, push a button.
2: I did I I did some corporate flying for a while, but I'll be honest with you. It was, it was like being
1: on a, on a short leash.
2: I didn't like that. Really? Um, I didn't really have. Yeah. Because it was a small corporation that I flew Mm. with. Now when when you fly for, for bigger corporations, then it gets to be, uh, you, you have more control over your life. See, but, you know, I was constantly uh, connected to a beep beeper and I was, this would before cell phones. This is a long time ago. Right. Uh, but, you know, I was at their, I was at their beck and call, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I, I would fly, I that. would fly these guys to, and I would fly these guys to, you know, a meeting right. and they would say, okay, well, we're, after the meeting, we're going to have dinner and, uh, you know, we'll be back at about 7 PM. Well, Sometimes they didn't show up until two o'clock two
1: in, in the morning. morning. <laughs> so, yeah, so you know, and
2: yeah. Yeah. you know they're you know because they wanted to go out partying or whatever. And uh, now, you know, now they show up and they're half in the bag and they want me to take them home at two o'clock in the morning. So
1: yeah,
2: see that's that's the kind of stuff that I just I didn't enjoy. Um, but you know when you when you when you get with larger corporations then then obviously you have way more control over that.
1: So, huh. Yeah. Now this is fascinating. Let me let me get back to the FAA for a bit because I I wrote something here which you've pretty much talked about. I, I wrote a question. I said why why were the FAA and the airlines stupid enough to go along with a dangerous experimental genetic drug infusion from companies that had no liability or responsibility responsibility for anything that went wrong or for any injuries or deaths? Why would they mandate pilots? Well, the FAA didn't, but the airlines did. As you said, take the shot and then fly passengers. Was it the money from the government, the public relations value, fear, something else, all of the above, or what? So what, what happened at the FAA? Was there a change from, from – because the FAA – I've never had a problem with the FAA. I was an instructor. I like the FAA folks. I I had uh, my people yeah. – with my students meet with examiners. He's like, here, this is what the FAA wants you to know. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, I disagreed on some things, but, uh, but I had no problem. The FAA was great, but something's changed. They went from safety to political. Yeah. Do you, can you trace that, give us a little insight on that? Where'd they go wrong?
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I called a, uh, a doctor who was, uh, who was in the FAA, and um, I asked him, did the FAA administrators consult with you guys on the medical board to see if you know, this was a good idea to press forward with this shot? And he said, well, I wasn't on that board, but I know that they did consult, And he said, here's what happens. The FAA is a government entity, okay? And government works like this. If the edict comes down from above, then you carry that government flag, and you press forward, and you do what you're told. And I said, well, well, looking back at what happened, do you think that that that, that that was a good idea? He said, absolutely not. There was not enough time to do proper safety trials, and mm-hmm. we're seeing now that people are being injured by the shot. In fact, he admitted himself that he was injured by the shot. Wow! So, yeah, and so why I, did the I doctors think it take was, it? I mean, uh, it was, uh,
1: doctors should know better. Why were why were doctors well, taking this?
2: Go ahead. Yeah, they 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 did it out of fear. You know, a lot of people actually did believe that this was a deadly virus and that it was going to kill you if you came in contact with it and that somehow if you you put this thing into your body that it would give you some protection. And and it doesn't do that. It doesn't do that. You know, I've I've said over and over and over and over again, and I'll say it again on your show, Mm -hmm. the easiest way, the easiest way to spread a bioweapon is to convince people to inject it willingly, thinking that it's going to give them some kind of protection. And no, that's I agree. exactly I've, what I've, happened here.
1: Uh, that's, not the, that's not the first time I've heard that. It makes absolutely perfect sense. Um, what is this fear we have of treating disease? Now, I read the Didier-Rose study in Marseille, France. In fact, when this is back in, in uh, February 25th. Just to give you a little timeline. February 25th, I had uh, Bill Gertz on. And courtesy of my friend, Dr. Peter Pry, who I am convinced died of the COVID jab, nuclear weapons expert, specialist, all kinds of things. Uh, bill Gertz told us February 25th that the Wuhan lab, the whole story of the Wuhan lab, and this is in 2020. And by February 27th, I'd written a bill for Congress. And that's what we do. here. This is our citizen legislature. I'll, I'll tell you off air because we don't have time right now for a lot of it. But I wrote a bill that said Congress could only spend half their money on, on this ridiculous vaccine wild goose chase. Uh, and the other half uh, or more had to be spent on early treatments because I already knew about chloroquine. You know, I broadcast it March 2nd. Right. I said, this is this is the government response to total hoax. It's March 2nd, 2020. Right. You know, we haven't even had the 15 days to whole yeah. spread yet. And I'm already saying this is a hoax. Guess what happened to my ratings? Guess what yeah. happened to my audience? You know, big tech picked up on this right yeah. away, and I, the, the hammer came down. You know, I went from thousands and thousands yeah. of views to, like, 20 on Facebook. And oh, so, oh, yeah. no, it was, it was massive, and it was immediate. The so they were already geared up for this. I know it was planned out. Um, I can tell you some more yeah. things, too. They, the, uh, the 2007 pandemic guidelines had a pandemic severity index, which did not call for lockdowns until after a category four or five. And that was around 1.8 million dead from the from the virus, not from comorbidities and everything else. Um, but the 2017 right. one, the one that came in three months after Trump took office, had no pandemic severity index. So they could do lockdowns immediately. So, so this is this funny was planned. So but it wasn't hard to find this stuff. I found the study found right. the Declaration of Congress that they were all briefed in March of 2020 that everybody was going to be exposed. We just had Peter McCullough on the show right. said that 94% of Americans have had COVID. Well, that's, that's way beyond right. herd immunity. So the, the information oh, is yeah. there, but people, you just, you just have to ask right. the right questions and people aren't asking the questions, but that's, that's kind of like my job and your job to, yeah.
2: you know, fill in those gaps. Yeah. yeah. So, so see the, the, you mentioned herd immunity, the, the uh-huh. herd immunity can only be reached. It can only be reached when enough of the population has the ability to not get infected. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So these people that keep running out and get and these people that keep running out and getting these booster shots, they're destroying that cellular level of protection that we talked about. Oh, That's okay. where the protection is. Oh. And so when you keep running out and getting these booster shots, we know for sure now that it decreases the numbers of those sentinel cells that we talked about, the natural killer cells, the dendritic cells, the activated T cells, the numbers of mm-hmm. those things all drop and their ability to function properly drop as well. And that has a lot to do with the prion uh, uh, the capability of this protein. And, okay. it, and it disrupts the ability of the immune cells to communicate with each other and secrete cytokines. See, all of this stuff comes together. And so These people are going to continue to get infected. And because of that, herd immunity can never be reached. This thing is just going to continue to go on and on and on, and it will not stop getting the
1: shot. That's the most important thing. We talked about this in the show. You know, I used to have a a PSA that I played about not getting the shot. Apparently, Dr. Mike said that there are treatments for it. And she talks about, you know, some various products and things and nutrition. You've mentioned that, too. So in the time we have left, and and I don't know if you have any books or anything that that you want to mention or contact or websites or things like that. Please do that, too. But what's the best way for a vaccine-injured person to to treat themselves? How do they get the the spike proteins out of their system and anything else?
2: Well, you have to stop the production of the spike protein. And the best way to do that, believe it or not, is free, and it's called fasting. You can either do a a flat-out three-day fast or you can Mm -hmm. put yourself on intermittent fasting, which is basically uh, 16 hours of not eating, and you do this mostly while you're at sleep, of course. And uh, Mm -hmm. this has been shown to actually have some really good results. Now, I recommend that people go to... Uh, flccc.net, dot net dot net and there's a, a who's that yeah that's these are the frontline these are dr. Okay. and yeah, 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 yep, frontline doctors and they have uh, specific protocols that they've come up with for people that have been injured by the shot some of these things you can do on your own like fasting and other things mm-hmm. you're going to have to work with a physician But it's all there on their website, and they're constantly updating their protocols. So that's where I recommend that people go. And, yes, every disease is treatable. And you mentioned that. that Mm -hmm. Every disease is preventable and treatable. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we should be treating the disease, not injecting things into people, thinking that that's going to give them some protection, because it doesn't do that. It does the exact opposite and that's what people don't seem to get and all vaccines are like that all of them this this one is particularly bad mm-hmm. because of how it just targets that one little protein it doesn't even exist anymore um so yeah so if you wanted to read more about this i've got a substack it's called dr kevin stillwagon.substack.com where i write about all of these dangers of all vaccines all childhood vaccines I also have some articles on there that I've written about early pilot deaths and how that happened and how that was tied to the COVID shot. And I've also got a Rumble channel. If you just go to rumble.com and type in my name, I've got all kinds of instructional videos on there. See, this
1: is fascinating. Yeah. And it's like we're all we're all one big, happy family of activists. In fact, Jonathan mostly just joined us here. here he's, our, uh, he's our legal reporter, attorney um, outside the D.C. Swamp, has a ton of experience in Washington. Um, I don't know if he's had a chance. Let me bring him on right now. I don't know if he's had a chance to, to listen because he's a busy guy. Um, Jonathan, have you been following what we've been talking about at all this morning? And do you have a question for uh, for Dr. Kevin Stillwagon? Good morning. Or you just joined us just now.
5: No, I just I'm just joining you now. If I because the listening over the phone and listening over the air are you know different systems. So I just yeah. wanted to catch up.
1: Well, catch our computer system. Is I recommend this for everybody too. Is that because sometimes people call in just to listen? Go to blogtalkradio.com Com/slash citizen action <laughs> on your computer. Listen and then just of course for you, Jonathan, just you know end the computer and then uh, then go back. All right. Um, Dr. – yeah, here we go. I love his name. Kevin's still with all so I had visions of, like, your family crossing the, the prairies and the Conestoga wagons, and your family was, like, the last one. Yeah. <laughs> so the name is the one. That's kind of fun. All right. Um, any any last uh, – um, anything else that we should be, be covering here? Because I, I have, like, a ton more questions for you, but uh, I want to get Jonathan. Or if you want to stick around here and listen to our legal report, you're welcome to do that, too. But uh, I've got your Substack. I have my own Substack now at gregpengliss.substack.com. Okay. okay. Oh, oh, Great. Go ahead, sir.
2: No, I was just going to say if, if you got if you got one of these shots, don't ever get another one because we know now for sure that it's the it's it's additional shots that are creating all sorts of problems, neurological, including you know myocarditis, and mm-hmm. and that's that's evident. So just just stop the
1: nonsense. There's there's no need to go out and get a booster shot. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do another uh Substack today probably on on my bill. We actually write citizen legislation here, so just before I get to Jonathan, um if you want to get a chance to go to writeyourlaws.com, I'll send you the I've got you. I'll, I'll text you to after the show. Um but I've got uh WriteYourLaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-E-W-S, and you go to legislation and then you go to all proposed laws. There are two bills, one that ends big tech censorship and the other one that is, puts full product liability back on vaccine makers. And I'm trying to get the word out on these as much as possible. And if you want to come back and talk about those, great. If you want to just, if you read them and you like them and you want to share them in your Substack, that'd be wonderful also. So anything you can do to get the bills out there, because this would take care of our two biggest COVID problems, one being the complete restriction and clamping down of information. And two, the fact that the, you know, these uh, big pharma companies bear absolutely no responsibility for what they're doing, yet they make all the profits for something that we, the taxpayers paid for. So hope I can interest you in those. Yeah. Two.
2: We, we ha- yeah, we, yeah, we have to put liability back on, on vaccine manufacturers. That that's a given. Otherwise mm-hmm. we're just okay. going to continue down this road. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Sounds good. So thanks for having
2: well, me on this morning and um, I'm going to have to jump out
1: and, uh, okay. Well, thanks for joining us. This was great. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, absolutely. And uh you can maybe you can teach me how to fly my my uh, Viper jet when I get it. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that'd be fun. That, that'd right. be a blast. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right, thank you, sir. Good morning. a have, have appreciate it appreciate it. Okay. Great day. Bye-bye. All right by now. That's Dr. Kevin Stillwagen, uh pilot, chiropractor, um, you know, one of the, the great uh, COVID crusaders, you know, getting the truth out there. And we just had a fascinating hour. It was really incredible. Piaki's on the line too, so I'm going to bring him uh, online as well with our usual Monday morning legal, legal chat. Piaki, how you doing this morning?
4: Yeah, when you get uh, enough money, you can pay you, guests, and they stay with you as long as you want
1: <laughs> well, someday. Well, see, a lot of times folks have books. They have things they're talking about. Uh, you know, like we had, uh, we were fortunate enough to get Christina Bob last week. And uh, she, you know, she had a book to talk about, which is now a bestseller. So she uh, doesn't need our help anymore. But uh, being, you know, Trump's lawyer, um, being One American News reporter, uh, and the fact that uh, I'm hoping she'll take our bills. She said she would take our bills directly to Donald Trump. Our little world here might be changing to a very big world very quickly. And so a lot of things are, are, are uh are happening there. Um let me get to Jonathan and let's let's you've got a ton of information you want to present. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about our, our, our scandal du jour. I think I think classified documents is the first one up, sir.
5: Um I, I don't know which one's first, but that's a big one. That's um um and it, it's a it's a long one, so uh, well, like start I say. The, uh, <laughs> Start the, with the biggest no. and,
1: the, and the biggest topic first, and then we'll worry about the rest. Of we'll see how time goes. Yeah.
5: Okay, that's the opposite of the way I've I've approached it. We never, and we get completely lost usually because we, well, which we is the biggest, we, most and all most important first. Yeah,
1: yeah. Biggest yeah. most important well, first.
4: Well, so there's
5: yeah. um, <clears throat> obviously there is a lot going on here, seen and unseen. I I, I love uh, Ray. Um, Arroyo, I've never liked this—the thing seen and unseen—but that's what's going on here. Um, I have a new phone, and so I don't know how to push how, what buttons to push. But uh oh, sounds it great! Will, it will work. It sounds the best ever. But I think keep this phone. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's true because I knew the other one was was like out, you know, uh, in in phone years, like dog years. It was like you know. <laughs> it, it was, it was in the nineties. So, um, <clears throat> so anyway, so here we are. So we're now, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to start, put this into the, um, probably ill-considered, uh, um, framework of what really happened. We're now, we're now seeing as we discuss this whole thing with, um, with c- the classified scandal, um, thing. And by the way, I'm, my prediction of the final result
0: mm-hmm.
5: is that um, yeah, Biden will not make it to
1: 2024. How uh, about right, they get so the tapitation? What do they <laughs> do? I'm curious.
5: I I think I I, I think it may be like uh, when they just, when they convinced um, <clears throat> Nixon to resign. Although, frankly, if you just told you know, if if Jill just told him that it's 2025 already, then
4: it's time to pack up and <laughs> go. He wouldn't know. The Wait a
1: minute. It's funny you should mention Nixon because I've been covering some things that, especially from Roger Stone, was talking about how Nixon knew who killed Kennedy. Nixon was was basically forced out. He thinks the CIA was involved. He thinks that CIA probably forced him out. So what what did I mean? Did they go to him and did the CIA go and say, yeah, Mister Nixon, we got the deal. You can't refuse. You know, we want you to take you out of the of the presidency. And resign now, otherwise we're going to make things really really bad for you and your family. I mean, did they do that? I mean, what what happened? <laughs> Yes, I think they see. and I'm gonna.
5: Go ahead. I I do, and I think, and I'm gonna explain it um, uh, briefly the way I see it. Um, And Kamala will then be president, but she's got her own problems. Mm -hmm. And then they have to choose the replacement vice president, so they're gonna have to make Gavin Newsom vice president, so that he can run.
1: What? Let's follow this through a little bit here. Let's follow this through. So if Kamala – so why – so if, if Brandon resigns or forces to resign or if is found incompetent or the 25th Amendment him – see, I think, as I talked about uh, – Jonathan and I talked a little bit about this yesterday, that I think the documents were, were, were uh, placed there. I think what, what do they call it? Planted? So documents were planted. Uh, I bet you there's Trump documents, and as you said, they, they go back, you know, who knows how far, back to his senator days. I think I've heard them in the news. So this is a great way to get rid of them. The planting of evidence is like a common – you know, trick of the deep state. Uh, it's like their obligatory sex, you know, scandal they usually have. Although with Brandon, it wouldn't be too hard to do that uh, as well. But uh, it just seems all planned. But Kamala Harris, she's got her own problems. I mean, do you really think, I mean, the American public has a hard enough time tolerating Brandon, but I guess they figure this it's going to be over soon, you know, so we'll, we'll sort of live through this. But the minute she, if she ever gets the White House, the first thing that's going to happen is China's going to invade Taiwan. And what's she going to do? Laugh? <laughs> Yeah,
4: you know, that's,
1: that's
5: probably. But but I'm, that would be a, I'm be, I, I okay. think that making her president does not mean that she's going to um, be the nominee in 2024. So Uh-oh. making Gavin making Gavin Newsom vice, vice the incumbent vice president
0: right. and then
1: attacking Kamala which you know there's plenty of material to attack her too well they're both californians <laughs> they served together pretty much you know when she was attorney yeah, general so and he was mayor of san francisco yeah right so anyway
5: so here's the here's the scenario uh-huh. um it goes back to sandy berger or as they as Rush used to say sandy burglar um now remember that there was 9-11 the terrorist attacks 9-11 2001 uh-huh. about uh uh, you know, nine months into, I guess eight months, if you, the inauguration is January 20, um, mm-hmm. into Bush's president after after Clinton had left. So, the the thing is, is that like all leftists, the Clinton administration had played footsie with um, dangerous Islamic um, extremists, and Sandy Berger the. Uh, National Security Director for Clinton, mm-hmm. went into the National Archives and stole the documents that, that Wait, would, were most
1: insensitive. So, uh, the Archives. Now, I've been to the Archives. I've seen the Constitution. I've seen the Declaration of Independence. They're, they're, they're under glass. They're, they're hermetically sealed, all this wonderful stuff. How do you steal stuff from the Archives? Don't, don't they have the best security in Washington, one would think? Yeah. Or you just go through there and just look at stuff? <laughs>
5: So the best, I mean, okay. First of all, I'm, 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 you know, when we talk about the best whatever in Washington, oh, you know, that's I'm like sorry. saying, you know,
1: the, the, <laughs> what was I thinking?
5: You know, that's like, that's like saying the, the most, the most innocent woman in a in a brothel. Um, right. The, um, you know, the, the I, I mean, the gut, it's, it's not. I mean, because I face this stuff in the January 6th things where they, they say, oh, we can't release this information because of security. Give me a break. Your average. Walmart has better security than than uh, these people. But anyway, so um, but he was caught and admitted it um, <clears throat> eventually that he stuck uh-huh. them in his in his pants. Now the story also goes that he stuck them in his socks, but the varying there are varying reports that he he went in he, he, che- he checked out as a researcher. I mean, he was the, he was a former you know only a year or so previously the uh, national security director huh. who went in and he was allowed to look at these documents and so he, he
1: knows, yeah, director, he, he, he knows he, how to steal stuff. Okay. All right. Just checking. So he, he put them, he put
5: them in his pants and he walked out with him. Hmm. And those were, those were documents showing that, <clears throat> you know, that Clinton had co- co- cozied up to some of the, some of the people responsible which, you know, is not necessarily an exact science who's responsible, but it was, they covered up the fact that he was, you know, that they were there. So they got away with it, got a slap on the wrist and with the Democrats, what always happens is whatever they get away with, they come back and do it bigger, Mm -hmm. uh, next time. So then we have these, these classified documents found in, uh, at the Penn center, at um the you know pennsylvania university this center this phony center that uh uh never went anywhere mm-hmm. and you know the, the the explanation is and i've checked you know it's not just people saying this this is in hard reporting that the lawyers and and, and people have cross-referenced which lawyers we're talking about and their billable rates mm-hmm. were moving documents out of the Penn center off, uh, office
0: mm-hmm.
5: and how you don't hire, you know, you, you hire movers. You don't hire lawyers to be movers. <laughs> so these are like thousand dollar an hour movers. Oh. Now, why is that? Why are they looking, you know, and, they, and apparently they're saying like, Oh, we just found these. <laughs> and what we're now finding out is no, they didn't. Is that the, the computer uh, repair shop in Delaware got uh, a copy of Hunter's laptop. Right. And <clears throat> now I, I, I'm just starting to wonder whether this is actually true, that somebody has a right to the, to the data contents of a computer if they don't pay their bill. But anyway, in whatever, in any event, he turned a copy over to the FBI. He kept mm-hmm. a copy. He gave a copy to Rudy Giuliani. And many, many reporter investigators have a copy. I mean, every bit of of data from from the,
1: the Hunter Biden.
5: Well, it's laptop. in the congressional
1: record. Matt Gates, my congressman, put the whole thing in the congressional record. Anybody can figure it out yeah, or take a look. I'm, I'm really starting well, to,
4: why
1: to come, like. Uh, why come Janice Yeltsin, Yeltsin says
4: she wasn't giving up anything?
1: What? that's a different uh, I, that's a whole that. Janet Yelland or who are you talking about? Yelland, the
4: secretary of uh of the Treasury.
1: That's a whole different issue. The Russian lady. I, don't think, I don't think that's related to this though.
4: I don't know if yeah, yeah, I mean, she
0: says
4: she she says she, she, she wasn't giving up any documents all on the Biden.
1: But go oh, ahead. I mean, no, there's I, I think you, I think you're on the right track. I just think it's the wrong person. So we'll have to figure out who, which of the people is not going to give up stuff. But the Yellen is the one the treasurer that says there's no inflation, that we have to pay our bills by raising our debt ceiling and a bunch of other nonsense. But we'll talk about her. Uh, that's more of a, a Friday chat. But hang, hang on, Pia, can, let, me, let me get you know back to Jonathan on this. So, so the bottom line
5: is last week we the it was it was revealed not by the government, of course. But it was revealed this email that was written to Burisma from Hunter Biden that doesn't sound anything like Hunter Biden and clearly includes classified information. It's not that it's not the the document, <clears throat> you know, it's not the the um, the um, classified document in the folder, but it contains classified information. It's like, it's that's like the one
1: Miranda Devine tweeted that. out the, that you told me about? Yeah. Miranda yeah. Devine tweeted that one out? Okay, all right. So that's publicly available and, now. And, so anybody can find it. And I posted it too. Right. Yeah. And
5: okay. I, I just restarted my computer and expected it to come back up again, but, but I'm, I'm searching for it. But, I but can find so it. It's a very, I mean, it's an extre- extremely detailed, um, extremely penetrating, high-level analysis of the, the turmoil in Ukraine, which at the time, remember, involved... Now, I, I've never had a high opinion of Oliver Stone, but he has a documentary on the 2014 coup arranged by the CIA and other Western foreign policy criminals. And um, I have to say that I respect the fact that he just asks questions and sits and listens. He doesn't spread... You know, you know everything you hear about Oliver Stone... He he's shown as just being a damn good journalist. He's just interviewing people and letting them talk. Um, and, and he you know he, he talked about how the pro the um well the pro peace, the Ukrainian people uh, elected a um peace, let's get along with our neighbor, president, and that was unacceptable to the corrupt interests in the United States and Europe. So they engineered a coup to throw out, um, oh gosh, what's his name, and and they um, um, and they then uh, they then installed um, a a a a president that would be you know continue continue the uh, uh, oh I can't think of it the crime spree um, on behalf of Western interests. And um, Poroshenko—I I forget whether Poroshenko was the one who was thrown out or the, was the one who—and um, um, I don't want to get that
1: wrong without looking it up. Uh, but, yeah, I get, but I the, get mixed um, up with my Ukrainian names too, so it's not—it's not critical. And then we'll figure out who Piakie was talking about earlier, which is important too. All right. But, mm-hmm.
5: So the thing is, is that, <clears throat> um, and and that that has led to us, you know, to the war we're in now. So anyway. How did Hunter Biden get this job at Burisma? earning all this money although he knows nothing about oil and mm-hmm. and he didn't show up and he didn't do anything. He he sold them classified
1: information. That's how Oh, that makes, that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Now the, I've got the tweet makes, here it says Robert Biden is that the, is that Hunter's real name? Bob Biden? <laughs>
0: Yes,
5: that's. I think that's his middle name.
1: And it's to Devin Archer, who is one of the three people there was like Hunter, Devin, and somebody else in that golf picture, if I remember. That uh, they're all like one big happy family. Oh, the Heinz kid. No. The the, the Heinz heir. Yeah, He's in there as well. Take
5: it Robert Biden is Bo Biden's son, the dead, the the other, the dead older son, the older brother.
0: Uh, but but I
5: don't I don't know why it's from there, but it's but it's on the website. It's going to. Devon Archer, who, of course, was Hunter Biden's partner and right um, in Burisma, you know, Burisma actually had a uh, they 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 h- hired both of them, Devon Archer and and Hunter. Um, and, you know, sometimes the numbers of mo- the amount of money paid is, is is a little bit unclear because it was it was a group, you know, it was, they were paid together some strange way. Um, so, <clears throat> Um, so anyway, they, uh, um, so th- it's very detailed. It's not written in the style of, of either Hunter or any of these other people. In fact, it's not written in a style typical of, of any normal person. Well, it's written you like know, it's, CIA. It's written, brief. I'm,
1: I'm reading it right now. I yeah. can go into some of them if you want. Do you have a particular point that you remember? Or do you want me to just, just start with a couple of things so people get an idea uh, what we're talking about?
5: We, yeah, I mean, I mean, I talk about the style, but the fact that it talks about what's going to happen, you know, yep. where where the weaknesses are, where Burisma should should uh, um, affiliate politically, where they should invest financially. Um, uh-huh. I mean, it is goals. If you're well, listen to this one, I uh, mean, that,
1: uh, here, here's number seventeen, BSF, which I guess is Burisma can actually have direct discussions at state, that would be the State Department, Energy, the Energy Department, and NSC, that's the National Security Council. They can devise a media plan and arrange for legal protections and mitigate U.S. domestic negative press regarding the current leadership if need be. That's number 17. That's not Hunter Biden.
4: I got a question. Yeah, Pianki. I'm going to ask Jonathan. Now, that is a good idea. as a good uh, view to say that Hunter sold documents to the Ukraine in order to get his job with baristas. Okay, what was on the documents?
5: Well, the only thing we know is what's in that, I guess there's two actually now. Um, I mean, we don't know the whole universe. Um, but... Well, I would presume that if, it's, if the CIA knew about it, then um, the Bidens, you know, cherry picked it out of, you know, to take home with them. And now remember, in, in 2014, um, uh, Joe Biden was uh, vice president. And remember further that that Joe Biden supposedly had this. Um, reputation as being this foreign policy whiz, which is totally unjustified. But he, you know, he managed to convince the mainstream media and everything that he was, you know, Mr. Foreign Policy, you know, because he it at, at an IHOP, I suppose. But, you know, National House of Pancakes. But so um, for him to access things within the Biden administration, within the Obama administration and, and get and get any document he wanted. So I'm, I'm going to guess that what was in the documents was any dang thing that their, their, their friends in Ukraine wanted or would benefit them. Um, and remember, I'll take a, a detour here. One of the things that's really bothering about this classified document story is like they keep saying that Joe Biden um, is cooperated with the FBI and everything. Um these documents are like at least six to seven years old, so that 's not cooperating it 's like saying you 've been running an Ill, you know you 've been running a um, oh I, I hate to just you think you use anything that's uh, that that 's stigmatizing or whatever but you know you 've been mm-hmm. running a uh, oh, let 's say a for, forging forging hundred dollar bills in your attic for the last twenty years and then you get caught. And you try to take credit
1: for um, cooperating.
5: Oh, I'm cooperating. <laughs> yeah, after you got caught.
1: So do um, so, you think he's selling, uh, the, this is the Biden business, is to sell classified documents, and this is why they have so many of them, tell these different sources, and that's how, uh, um, that's how they will get Hunter on, on Brisbane and some of these other places. And they're just simply marketing our classified documents. There's got to be more to it than that. I mean, that's a good start. But what else? Well, uh, is it also the influence that it brings or what?
5: I, I do think that's part of it. Yes.
1: I mean, because, okay.
5: because he, here's where we circle back, how it all fits together is that the lawyers moving documents at a thousand dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I've never been paid a thousand dollars an hour. We're talking about some very <laughs> unusual lawyers here. Yeah, um, yeah. they, um, <clears throat> why are they at the UPenn center moving documents? Because of these emails. They're not. They didn't well, just happen to be there. But
1: that's a China center. They, they, that's paid for by China, though. So what's the connection with China, Ukraine, and 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 how does it all tie together?
5: Well, I I don't know, but the but the thing I mean, obviously, the there were huge, there were large donations to the University of Pennsylvania uh, dedicated for this Biden Center. Right. Um, and. It would it would probably be in the Biden's desire, you know, not to harm China. But
1: well, at yeah, some they represent point, them. <laughs> they're like the Chinese ambassadors, right, at, To the government. Yeah. There
5: is a Facebook meme of um, President Xi saying, "It's true, the Bidens are not for sale. We already bought them." Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but the um, so. Why? Why are the lawyers looking for classified documents? Because the email service indicating that Hunter and the family obviously had access to classified documents, and so this is why they're looking. And this is why they started looking. And this is my interpretation. This is news analysis. You know, I don't have, I don't have the proof on all this stuff, but this is news analysis mm-hmm. um, that. This is the only possible explanation for why they're looking for classified documents, and then they start looking in the other places. Now the problem is, they're saying now see it's the same problem with Trump. Although Trump, Trump's lawyers are being much more tight-lipped. They're saying, you know, they're saying in the court court issues with Trump, you know, uh, tell us if these documents were declassified and the response is, well, what documents, how can I tell you if, um, you know, or, you know?" it's like, um, uh, you know, they're also saying like, you know, admit that the do- the, these documents that I'm not going to show you, and I'm not going to tell you what documents I'm talking about mm-hmm. um, were in your house. Like, well, I can't do that. You have to tell me what documents you're talking about. Um, you know, it's like I, I, sh- I show you a closed folder, and I say, these were in your house, weren't they? Like, I don't know what's in there. Tell me what's in there, and then I can, you know, then I can investigate. You know, no lawyer would, you know, Christina Bob is, uh, and, and and um, oh, gosh, what the, the woman who was just running for RNC, Demet um, why am I having up my blocks?
1: Harmy Dillon. Hillen.
5: Yes. Yeah. Harmy Dillon was, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're about and, and um Oh, who's the other? There's a third one, a woman. They're about the only decent lawyers, the only only competent lawyers in Trump's orbit. And <laughs> um
1: Yeah, Christina Harmit, who's is, the
5: there's a third one? Yeah. I'll I'll look it up.
1: Um Okay. No, that's fine.
5: But but the
1: thing is that
5: uh, I'm saying I'm saying that at least at least the lawyers are smart enough not to admit this. It's like the same thing happened in the January sixth cases. They they they, they took everybody's smartphones, which these people don't have offices. They're not you know, their smartphone is their um uh their their information and they say, So we want our phone back. You have plenty of time Mm -hmm. to look at it. And they say, oh, Alina Hava, she's damn good too. Mm -hmm. A-L-I-A-N-I-H-A-B-B-A. You know, so they're saying like, okay, admit that what we say was on the phone is is authentic. And I was one of the first people when I was on the case to to jump in and say, wait a minute, how do I know that? (laughs) You know, how how could I possibly know that the documents you claim were on the phone? Actually, we're on the phone. I, I, it would be totally, total malpractice uh, to say that to agree to that. Uh, so so anyway, so that's what's going on with, 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 even with Trump, is that we don't know what these documents were, and they're classified. And so the problem is, you know, how do we evaluate what they were? But one of the things that that, that bothers me is, if you have documents kicking around, oh, what I was going first was that people are saying mm-hmm. that these documents go back to um, the time he was in the Senate, which is pre 2008, mm-hmm. and um, and everyone is saying you ha- we have no there there is no legal right to take as a senator to ever take classified documents home. So a lot of the analysis, like Jim Jordan and others, Ted Cruz are saying that nearly having them outside of a skiff, outside of their, their natural. Um, the cone
1: of silence? Like, <laughs> get smart, you know, nothing gets in, nothing comes out? Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah skiffs much. are interesting. So, yeah. Okay.
5: So the thing is, is that, is that there is no, there, I mean, apart from how they're being handled or mishandled, he shouldn't even have them. Um and, and they're wondering if he was a senator, how the heck did he get them out of the you know, out of the uh well, secure. Is there, an operation?
1: is there an operation greater than Brandon? Because Brandon has only been I mean, he only got associated with Obama you know, when Obama needed an idiot to, to serve as vice president, but what is Brandon doing before that? Does he have, does his crime family actually have operatives that we don't know about? Is there a Brandon syndicate? Are there operatives in Washington as yet to be named, you know, much like the Watergate, you know, conspirators, is there a group out there that helps him that is part of this industry or is it just his family? I mean, who knows how big this well, thing is? This this is, I mean, he's been as, there a long time in Washington. Yeah.
5: Uh-huh. Go ahead. Well, as as I mentioned, he was perceived falsely, but widely and deeply, um, found, you know, perceived to be like, you know, a foreign policy whiz. <laughs> so, to, so consistent with what you're saying, he would be a natural. Now, he might be, he might be functioning as a cutout, as they say, you know, a go-between, right, uh, for people who want to sell things to the, you know, to China and and Russia and. And and Ukraine and stuff so um, but he would be a natural I mean if you were going to find somebody who you think has access to foreign policy information Joe Biden you know unless you're smart enough to know that it's all BS um, you would um, Joe Biden would be at the top of your list of people who who you could go to and and find out what classified information the US government has so so there that that's why I think it all it all comes together but my, the thing that bothers me about this is you know there are cert uh, there are documents next to his corvette in his garage and we say well what documents are they well this was they've been there for 6 to 7 years how many documents were there originally you know the documents that are there 6 to 7 years later mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's That those are the documents that were originally. Are they
1: even current? Are they current classified documents or do classifications expire? That's another question. And were these planted?
5: Um, They might. I mean, it actually does make more sense that they were planted than somehow he smuggled them out of. I mean, it would be easier for the deep state to plant them than for than for a genius like Joe Biden. To steal them out of the out of the well, it's uh, also
1: safer, you know, It's safer to smuggle out documents that are now obsolete too. I mean, we haven't we don't know how current these things are. So if they're six or seven well, years old, they probably they may not apply anymore.
5: Right, and there are things that I mean, there are things that matter, and there mm. are things that don't. It's like mm. the, there are there are things that are classified secrets that will remain damaging or potentially damaging or useful to the to our side. Um, for a long, long time, um, including sources and methods, and who helped, you know, who who is uh, who provided information, that kind of stuff. Who is who who is currently serving in other governments? Who was a um, source? Those kinds of things. Um, and there are other things that there won't there won't be, you know, that 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 even if still technically classified, they will be. Um, of no use anymore uh but we don't know
1: hmm.
5: but my well, point is that the doc
1: you yeah, my point, point make is a the document
5: my point is how many documents were in the house were in the penn center the De- the university of delaware center is several houses that aren't there anymore because they they were trans-shipped.
1: So where so they, they, they didn't are they in yeah, the they're shredder? In,
5: they're in Beijing. They're in Beijing. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so
1: I mean, basically so moved I, out know, their it, office. Their spy office is what they did. It sounds like. So that's a step another well, operation all, somewhere. All he have, have to do is say, "Send
5: someone to my house. They're next to the Corvette <laughs> in the in a garage. How hard would that be? If you know, if yeah, I overseas.
1: It whole thing sounds like a setup to me. I mean, the whole thing, it, it, there's just too many errors. There's too many things like that. But let me, let's talk about classification for for a second. Cause I don't think a lot of people understand how classified documents actually work. What and is you know how do they do it? What are the different levels? What kind of things are classified from what you know of? You know, can you can you sort of give us a an idea of, of the classification system and like the the rankings? Secret, top secret. I don't know. Is that how it works? Well,
0: there are, there
5: are all kinds of of reasons. It could be anything from you know, weapons that we're developing to our assessment of the weapons that our enemies have. I mean, it could be something okay. like, you know, how how to defeat a, so, a Russian, or Soviet, or Russian tank. They could be, you know, all kinds of different different things. They could be, you know, who in the who in the British government is a spy for Russia. Um, you know, they, they, they could be. Any number of of reasons uh, and things things like that, you know. And yes, the vast majority is
1: um, uh, (laughs) so military. So we're talking military secrets. We're talking uh, state secrets, diplomacy, politics. You know, like foreign policy, those kind of things. Those sound like the majority. Uh, of, of what it is, because those are the things. you yeah, know, I mean, our well, policy it, towards it other be, folks. It, you know, who's spying on us from Israel, assessment. for example, that would be classified. You know, you know, because our own, who of, of our friendly nations are spying on us too? Those kind of people, <laughs> that would be classified. Right. We know, that it, they I know, mean, that it they could know, be. It, it, okay.
5: It could be an assessment of a of a world leader's um, health or mental health or something like that, or it could be the yeah. fact that. You know, Andrea Merkel is subject to blackmail. Um, It could be, you know, absolutely anything. Um, And um, there, you know, there are there there are there are are categories called controlled unclassified. Mm
0: -hmm.
5: They're unclassified, but they're controlled Uh, documents or information. Public trust position Mm -hmm. documents. Then there's confidential. Mm -hmm. They're secret. There's top secret, mm-hmm. and then there's compartmentalized information, F- SCI, hmm. um, which means that it is so secret that if you have a top secret clearance, you're still not allowed to see it. You have to be read into the particular topic. You know, it's it's only only the people who have a need to know are allowed to to see it, hmm. um, and. <clears throat> So there, you know, there are varying, varying levels of secrecy. And, you know, and for example, you, like I say, you could have, you could have some, someone who has access to um, compartmentalized information who is still violating the law because they don't have access to that particular compartmentalized information. Um, and, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Now, it is true that the, the, the president... And to some extent, the vice president um, Mm -hmm. um, is, you know, they have to have access to things on the go. They're flying around World War, uh, flying around Air Force One. Um, Every president sort of has a de facto, um, you know, southern White House or western White House in the case of Reagan. So they may take their work home with them um and have access to it <clears throat> and um you know or they might be going to to um um to the you know to uh uh shoot i'm just not awake this
1: morning the, um, i think we're getting a little off track i want to i want to kind of try to uh, get a couple more topics in before we go because we, we have about 20 minutes left i think we're getting a little caught in the weeds here um let me, let me change the subject a little bit here if i can mike pence now I'm I'm convinced that Mike Pence is a deep state operative who stole the election for the other party, first put major you know a candidate on a presidential ticket to do that. He's the one that purposely started, I brought this up with Christina Bob last week, purposely blocked the uh, the Trump electors from being considered, uh, helped with the coup made sure that, uh, you know, did some arm twisting under the Capitol. I and mean, I explained it as the talk, uh, Christina and Bob explained it as you, you don't want to be associated with those Trump people who are causing an insurrection above us right now. It's interesting the two different interpretations we have for those events. Um, but the thing is, Mike Pence, you know, why does he have a classified document problem? What, is, this, is this the deep state's way of saying we can do this to you too? Or what's, what do you think is going on with him? Because he's the one that I think they're going to force on us, just like they they, they were going to force Jeb Bush, uh, they forced uh, Mitt Romney and they forced uh, John McCain on us by having you know twenty conservatives beat each other up and one moderate, and then the GOP says, well, only the moderate can be you know the, the Democrat, you know. So I think Mike Pence is next in line that they're grooming him for that that he's been a coup leader all along, and his trade off for the for the nomination was to sabotage Trump, you know in twenty twenty. So why does he have a classified yeah, I- problem? You think he'd know, but he's a governor from Indiana. He, Why does he have a problem?
5: I think, I think his <clears throat> his issue, I think, is completely phony. I, I think oh. it's, I, I mean, the, okay. I, I think the, um, I think it's to cover Joe Biden. He's running. Why, I mean, I think Why would he do that? Because because the thing is, is they're saying that, <clears throat> you know, they they finally got Trump. The the walls are closing in. We, we got we we you know we Wiley Coyote has gotten the, the Road Runner now. Trump just did, just and, did and two then, rallies.
1: Trump doing fine. That just makes I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I'm
5: probably No, the, his, the, they assume that his supporters are going to continue to support Trump, but but they're going to they're going to be able to arrest him and everything like that. Now with the discovery of the Biden classified documents, um, which is worse, like I say. They say that, oh, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Biden is way worse uh, because, um, you know, be, like I say, because these documents go back for a long time and you can't trip over the documents for six or seven years and then say, oh, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, <clears throat> whereas Trump was in the process, which is which is com- clumsy and cumbersome, but. Um, uh the uh, but uh, they are um, uh, you know he was in the process that you're supposed to go through um, after a presidential administration he was still in that period and they knew about him and they and they invited him in and you know and they had people come down he, you know he talked to them his uh, lawyers talked to them and uh, they said that's fine just put a bit better lock on there and um, <clears throat> and, and they say that. Um after these questions, Trump had a a, um, a supporter move boxes of documents. Well, yeah, wouldn't you want him to do that? If there's a question about let's make sure all these documents are a little more secure, isn't Trump doing exactly what the FBI wanted him to do? You know, so he moved he moved boxes of documents. Yay, that's great. That's a good thing because because he's supposed to go through and, and separate out the copies of time magazine from anything that could be problematic. That's yeah. what he's supposed to be doing post presidency. And so but they, they thought they're going to put him in jail, not just make his supporters turn on him, but put him in jail. Then Biden has a worse scenario. And right. so the, the, it's blown up their entire plan. They now have no way to stop Trump. And, um, along comes Mike Pence. And saying, Oh, Vice President Joe Biden, you know, had classified documents in his house. Oh, that ain't no thing. I do too. You know, so I, I think oh, it's I think it's all design. I think it's all designed. Oh, it's so all designed.
1: Now it's bipartisan. Yeah.
5: <laughs> oh, okay. it's bipartisan and they can still and they can keep they can keep Biden from being prosecuted and they can try to put the put you know, Pence can try to put the the spotlight back on Trump.
1: Is there a Pence-Biden connection? I think Pence was in the House for a while. I know he was governor of Indiana. Uh, and then when I get to Pianket, Piank actually found something that, that makes sense, that, that, what the Treasury's doing. So I'm going to talk about that in a second. But is are, is there a Pence-Biden connection, or are they both just connected to the deep state?
5: Well, Biden, I mean, Pence was in the Congress, of course, before right. he was president. And I think they are they are united in their common hatred of of, of of Donald Trump meaning their hatred of you um you know the, the the conservative America they they're they're yeah're they're in the service of the deep state um so the enemy of my enemy is my friend I at, at a minimum okay uh, so, so, so so yeah
1: well to Pianki's point earlier, I was I didn't see the connection, but apparently there's some Treasury documents that are being, or some Brandon or or Hunter Biden documents that Treasury is withholding some kind of financial records. Tell me about that, Pianki. What were you talking about? Uh, I think we have kind of focusing on that now.
4: Well, <clears throat> nobody knows what they're about, and you know what this all beginning to sound like. You remember the game Carmen San Diego. This is all beginning to sound like a big mystery mystery story Ag- agatha christie. I mean it just goes on and on and on but uh, no i don't nobody knows what uh information they want his financial state and his dealings, and nobody
1: knows. See, this is why I don't want to get uh, too much into the details uh, on this yet, because we're missing the, the big picture. And the big picture is that Brandon shouldn't be there. It's totally corrupt. What, are these things being planned? What, what's going on behind the scenes? What, what's the secret government doing? So let me go back to Jonathan on this. So we've got a secret government. We've got a secret government of Obama, Susan Rice, Hillary Clinton, uh, various other operatives that are, that are running the country behind the scenes. So the question is, what are they doing? What is the plan that they have? Why would they put classified documents with these people? What is, what are they, how do they use Brandon? How do they use Mike Pence? These are the kind of questions I want to look into, you know, because the, all this distraction stuff, we get caught in, well, who proved what and who's not releasing what document, all this kind of stuff. First of all, we're in the computer age. Why do we even have documents? I mean, the, the, you know, why would you keep boxes of documents instead of a computer that doesn't make sense to me. Or a secure file or in a cloud somewhere or someplace else. So the, this whole idea of documents is like, you know, it's, it's as old as uh, wiretaps, <laughs> you know, or they say, well, you can't wiretap without a warrant. Oh, come on. They don't even do that anymore. You know, they've got all this other stuff to do. So there's something missing here. This to me seems like one big fat distraction. So let's talk about the secret government for a minute. I want to get both of your opinion on this. So, Jonathan, what's, what's really happening? Well, you mentioned some of it earlier with Kamala Harris being president. I don't think they want that because they know what a basket case she is. You know she's you know she's even less popular than Brandon. You know so I don't think they I don't see see that.
5: We're we're now in the in the countdown for the last two years of this term. Okay. So I think the attention to me is on the election of 2024. They're not going to allow Kamala to be the nominee.
1: Um, Who's they? They will. They they will give give me they. they they they. Who's the Democrat? they Well, is it Democrat Republican? Is it a combination? Are we talking? Or are we talking yeah. about just the Democrat Party? I mean,
5: I, I, yes. I mean, the, the, when you go back, the issue is is that what we're seeing in, in, in you know the corruption. You know, how, I mean, wh- how how the hell could eighty five eighty three billion dollars of weaponry be left in Afghanistan? Because now no, you have to buy perfect. it all over again.
1: No, no that you, was yeah, that was Obama's to, plan. Get, that was obama's plan to arm the right. arm the, uh, the the taliban that was that was part of his destruction of america and to arm the the islamic world i mean that was a given that's why he brought all those people in on those airplanes that's that, that's all. Done. so right. obama does foreign policy hillary does domestic policy you know that's how i see them dividing the world up
5: right but the, but the, but the, but third mm-hmm. the the weapons manufacturers now have to backfill 83 mm-hmm. billion dollars worth of equipment that we that we gave away mm-hmm. so they so i mean it's it, it so it's it's the you know it's the warmongers
1: mm-hmm. um permanent and, war class uh, it, didn't you, that's what i call them
5: yeah so they're making hundreds of billions of dollars off this you think they're going to let somebody stand in the way
0: mm. if you
5: if you have if you have if you if you stand to continue if you have a gravy train of mm-hmm. hundreds of billions of dollars and one guy is going to stand up and expose it i mean it's amazing mm-hmm. you know you talk about john f kennedy they can't. They 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 cannot allow a maverick, a true maverick, to to run loose and expose their gravy train.
1: So let's get That's let's get real down and dirty here for a second. So so as, and I, I'm going to talk about this very carefully because I want people to really understand. You know uh, the the you know you better listen to the whole show. Don't take my comments out of context. But. They assassinated Kennedy. Uh, Nixon thinks the CIA. A lot of people think it was CIA for what he was, you know, doing and not doing in Vietnam by not ex- by not creating a huge war there, which Johnson did create, uh, not invading Cuba. Uh, they had a blockade instead, the Cuban Missile Crisis, which worked out really well for us, you know. And so, but he was assassinated because the deep state didn't like what he was doing. So it seems to me that the exact same deep, deep state is here. So my question is, how much danger is Trump in? And we've talked about this before. Uh, would the deep state uh, is it in their interest, and I hate to put this coldly and bluntly, but I'm just going to say it, is it in the deep state's interest to, to, if they can't take out Trump, quote, legally, would they consider, you know, a- another assassination? Is that something that they would think would be in their interest to do? God forbid it happens, but I'm just saying, um, if you look at the deep state, I mean, the real deep state, I'm talking about the, the people that just absolute power, megalomaniac, sociopath, psychopath, no conscience at all. Would this be something they would consider again?
5: yeah but i think <clears throat> i i imagine that they have learned enough from like the kennedy assassination that just won't go away that if that they can't their hands are tied unless they can do it very discreetly
1: how about an accident
5: you know yeah unless they unless they can um <clears throat> i don't know unless they can at least Um, make it unclear if if it was an accident or not then uh, I I think I think that they realize that coincidences and now we have the internet this is not this is not the 1950s so I think that they um, yeah so they're not gonna they're not gonna get away with it um, unless it's unless it's done extremely carefully
1: Do you think the the, the folks that did it back in – hold on, let me get one quick question here, Piyaki. But do you think the folks in in, in, when they killed Kennedy in November 1963, do you think that they thought they were going to get a different reaction, that they thought that Kennedy was was unpopular because he was unpopular with them, just like they think Trump is unpopular, even though we think he's wildly popular? Do you think they just totally misjudged the American public and it didn't work out exactly as they had planned? I'm not even sure what they had planned.
5: Well I mean even even the cover story for the Kennedy assassination is a damn good distraction. And you know it, it's it's not it was not it was not oh, Lee sloppy. Harvey Oswald. Oh
1: yeah, please.
5: And and then what's this game? uh the the guy who came along and the cop who came along and killed Lee yeah, Harvey crazy. Oswald. And
1: then he was killed. See, exactly. what a surprise. Yeah.
5: And right. So so they they were not sloppy and yet they it's still I, 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 I imagine that they had no idea that there'd still be a raging controversy to this day. Interesting. But.
1: Okay. Jackie, what was your point?
4: Well, you know, until we identify who the D-State is and these days, these things are going to continue to go on. You know, when I was a little boy, we'd be in the backyard playing baseball, back, softball. One of them hit mm-hmm. the ball and break out the window. My grandfather was coming to me. Who broke out that window? I <laughs> wish I had a known I could have used. The deep state did it, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you were taught to be honest. Well, these people are taught to lie. So let's, let's you know, I think Jonathan raised an interesting question. I I want your opinion on this too. Let's figure out who's got an interest in doing this. Uh, I would say the high-level intelligence people that we don't know about, the, the high-level people at NSA, NRO, uh, some of these other agencies, the 17 agencies we went over the other day, uh, high-ranking military leaders, especially Milley, who, uh, who talks to his Chinese counterpart all the time more than he talks to Trump, you know, and some of the other, the, the, the Joint Chiefs and some of the top generals, especially those involved in weapons projects like the F-35, um, all these people, uh, the people of the, the permanent war class that is, that is worked like uh, the John, uh, what's his name, Bolton, Bolton that, uh, you know, has never found a country he didn't want to kill. You know, and it's the, the, the banking, military-industrial complex, armament companies, the Raytheons, you know, which uh, our defense secretary is from, these are the people who have the vested interest. The, all the people that make business as usual, business as usual. That's the deep state. It's a military, banking, industrial, um, government, espionage, you know, uh, intelligence group within our government. That's how I define it. Jonathan?
5: Yes. Well, yeah, their interest, <clears throat> I, I don't know if it's capable of, of uh, being defined quite that, you know, quite very, very careful. I mean, in in, well, in the of like law it. of RICO, <laughs> in the law of RICO, the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act, there is the idea of a, there's an of of a, a criminal enterprise operating within a legitimate government, a legitimate company or or government. And the deep Uh state is a RICO enterprise that is, that is, that is infiltrated. You know, it's like rats living in the walls. It's infiltrated the government and, Uh you know, they're, they're influencing the, what should be a legitimate government.
1: Well, but, let's take a look but, at the people that are, that are still there from Obama's cabinet. So you've got all the people from Obama's cabinet. You've got Obama himself, Hillary Clinton. You've got um, the Susan Rice, uh, Stephanie Powers. You've got all those folks. You've got all the intelligence people, that, that the, the, the folks that spied on Trump. You know, you've got, and then you've got the outsiders, Mike Flynn, Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, you've got the crusaders out there. Uh, Colonel McGregor, you know, the the military guy and some of the other folks that uh, stand outside and criticize Mark Meadows and uh, who else are these? some of the good intelligence people. So you got all the, uh, Devin Nunez. So you got all these people that are the, the patriots, you know, and they're, they're all doing other things now. was interesting. But the actual deep state, I, I think it's basically run by Obama uh, and, uh, and then he, his bosses, you know, George Soros, Kevin, Klaus Schwab, the globalists, you know, uh, Xi Jinping, you know, the, all the, those folks, the globalist countries, the, the communist United Nations group, it, it's all kind of functioning as, as, well, I don't know if they're d- different parts and competing interests, but that's basically it. You know, and all we have is the Constitution, the Congress, the decent representatives. Uh, but what really needs to happen is, is if President Trump literally goes in and purges. You know, I would fire the entire FBI, I mean, all of them, uh, make them all go through job interviews to see if anybody can be hired back and then bring in a bunch of new people. You know, same thing with CIA. Most of these people are going to have to go. Because we we need to almost start our government over again by firing these people, creating entirely new agencies, you know, mm-hmm. moving the ones that we you know, that we have to have to some bizarre place like Greenland, I don't know, uh, Solomon Islands. I mean, put them somewhere, <laughs> put them somewhere far away. Um, but we need we need to start our government over again and clean out the deep state. Pianchi, what do you think?
4: Well, yeah, that would be a good start. <clears throat> but the most important thing, somebody makes. Somebody else do something it's always mm-hmm. somebody, and we need to put our finger on them. somebody people mm-hmm. say sorrows, people say swap. somebody is behind all of this, making these people make these <clears throat> adjustments. uh what was the prosecutor in the ukraine? what was he what was he onto? He got fired. let's grab him and talk to him.
1: yeah, he could have been killed you know, they're under different circumstances. I don't know. I think that it's interesting that uh, the things they're not doing, in other words, they want to do everything to Trump to destroy him, but they don't want to physically hurt him like they did Kennedy when they killed him. And so it's, it's a very interesting change in strategy. I'm just curious. I'm, you know, like I say, I'm just asking the question. I think here. Trump has had some physical attempts on him. Do we have anything documented on that? Or is that all, is that classified <laughs> in a document somewhere in uh, Biden's basement?
4: Well, no, I don't think it's classified, and that's another thing. Um, mm-hmm. When you have these uh, papers in your possession,
0: mm-hmm.
4: don't you supposed to have a log of who visits the place where these papers are, your home or wherever, and so that they the people are recorded and biometrically identified with a video or something?
1: Uh Jonathan? another question for you.
5: Yeah, I don't understand the question. It's like do I know who controls that? Well,
4: yeah, if you guys if, if you have in your control documents that's classified and people come to your place, uh, shouldn't they be required to log in? If you go to the National no, Archives, you gotta log in if you're gonna be looking at stuff. they wanna know well, you gotta show your idea something.
5: Right. Well that's why you can't um you know, the news media, you're not going to learn anything from the mainstream news media because um, <clears throat> other than the president and maybe the vice president and maybe the CIA director, you, you can't take those documents out of their secure location, whether it's, whether it's uh, you know, the, uh, the intelligence room in the, in the Capitol or the CIA or whatever. You know, having them outside of a SCIF, you know, is is it per se illegal? It doesn't matter whether you handle them well or not. You 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 you're supposed to read them in. You know, like Ted Cruz says, when he would read classified information and 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 take notes, he um. He cannot, um, you know, he cannot take the notes with him. The notes have to stay yeah, but- locked up. <laughs> But but how
4: do they erase what's in your head? So they have to get you to log in. Just like it is when you go to elementary school to see your child, you better go to the principal's office and sign a login. So yeah. they, you, have to be, you have to show identification. There has to be some biometrics, either a photograph or the cameras are rolling. Because what's in your head, you can read it in there, turn around and walk right out, and then uh, do your... You do your business.
1: Hmm. I've got uh, Diane on the line. Right, with, uh, uh, we're going to kind of sum up here. Go ahead, Jonathan, your, your uh, comment.
5: No, I'm saying absolutely. I mean, that's, one of the things that people have, have, have brought out about all this is that, especially at the higher levels of classification, <clears throat> there's supposed to be an individual document with a different number issued to each person authorized to have it. So how in the world could documents go missing for six to seven years, and and nobody said, hey, where's this copy of these documents?
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, like yeah there's said, that's something. why I think it's a setup. Uh, there's too much of this sense. Let me. Um, I just found something here from Right Wing Watch, which is uh, they call themselves a project of people, uh, for the American. Way. So it was a conservative group. This is called Mantilla. Um Darth, I'll get you in just real quick with you. August 6th, which is Pearl Harbor days. I mean, uh, uh, Hiroshima day. It's interesting. So it's two years into Trump's administration. And the headline is, Trump has survived close to a dozen assassination attempts, claims right-wing radio host David Janda. And that's J-A-N-D-A. says, so, well, on Greg Hunter's USA Watchdog, who I also remember from my San Francisco days, YouTube program on Saturday, right-wing radio host, all <laughs> of that categorization, right? David Janda claimed that president survived close to a dozen assassination attempts while in office. This is only his first two years, right? He says, I believe there have been a number of assassination attempts on his life since he took office. I've been told there have been close to a dozen attempts on his life, and obviously he has survived those. I believe the difference, and then he talks about JFK. He says, I believe the difference between JFK and Donald Trump is the following. Donald Trump has the support of the military. I thought JFK did too. Donald Trump, I believe, has not only the Secret Service protecting him, but I believe he also has another layer of protection that he has arranged for for himself for for him and his family so let's add, let's just ponder that real quickly then i want to get to to dorothy do you think that that trump had, had these attempts and do you think that he's different than jfk uh, i thought jfk like i've been military a long maybe maybe because he didn't invade cuba Maybe you know, they weren't crazy about that but are there enough differences and does donald trump have an entire secret secret service <laughs> you know with an entire J- private family
4: service well jfk was warned about driving in a, in a convertible limousine he was warned on it oh yeah
1: i mean there's lots of things that that um you know that, that 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 we know the whole we can talk about the whole thing but just about the differences between them in other words is, is the deep state wary of, of doing what they did before because it because it won't work the same way and that it's not they've, they've decided that it's not in their interest you know they're going to they're going to if they want to remove Trump from, from running, they have to do it legally and or political relations or a bunch of other stuff. They can't do it the old-fashioned way. You know, political assassination. That's what I'm curious about. Final comments, and we have to go.
5: I think so. I, I think that the American people are more sophisticated and aware Okay. Um, than, than in times past. Um, <clears throat> and the, the ability to communicate with each other is so much bigger that Um, that I think, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the good old days um, are, you know, are are no longer with us. So they can only, I mean, so they're limited to overthrowing, you know, foreign governments like uh, Ukraine in 2014. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, um, you know, so, so yeah, I think that, I think they're they're doing that, but I think, um, I think it's harder. So, so it's it's interesting because, because the the, the reason that makes me think that is that the Kennedy family was not poor. You know, if they if they had been aware, if they had been up to date on some of this stuff, is um, you know the Kennedy family could have afforded it, but they
1: but they did, just lived in a time when they never believed that would happen. I guess. And Bobby was Attorney General. Well, I want to take this up next week. This is going to be interesting. Piaki, final comment, and then, Jonathan, thank you very much. Um, well, and then, my final comment in is this. Uh-huh.
4: Just changing the White House, changing the, the president and vice president is not enough. Right. These people, these individuals have got to be identified, mm-hmm. and they have to be looked at for what they are, due process, and they have to be going after because they just continue to lurk out there
1: on the perimeter. Yeah, I tend to agree. All right, gentlemen, thank you much. Let's totally change topics here and welcome uh, Dorothy Diana. We'll do it again next week. Oh, do we have stuff to talk about? This has been fascinating. I love Mondays. Mondays are so cool Be
4: careful, Jonathan. Make sure you don't push the wrong button on that phone. We don't want it to pop on you.
1: Everybody talks about it. Some of you are even doing it. But are you really talking to the person you are doing it with? It all comes down to communication. That's where Dorothy Diana comes in. Dorothy is a sexual health nurse educator. She has studied hypnotherapy, Reiki, and many other disciplines. And what is sex without sensuality? Something has to light your afterburner. Join us now for a sometimes very frank and occasionally quite descriptive conversation of sex and sensuality with Dorothy Diana. I'm sorry about well, that. I was morning. just getting in the mood. And Piaki sorry, hmm. Pianki, sort of stepped on our intro there, but I, I'd already started our music, and you know, it, it, you can't like start and stop these things. You gotta start them over anyway.
3: I Dorothy, didn't hear it step on. I, I just heard a lovely intro. I'm, oh, well, there I'm we go. Great. Okay, so so I'll get
1: my mellow voice on here. In fact, we we should do like our our our, our you know because my voice changes for this this part of the show. It's really interesting. I've listened to it. I do. I talk differently. To hmm. you. It's fascinating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. okay. Yep. <laughs> No, yeah, well, we have different
3: here. energy and depending oh, on who we talk we to and, um, well, it's,
1: it's such you a know, contrast. I talk to my
3: children differently than I talk to yeah. my girlfriends, you know,
1: makes sense. But For this is why better so much or worse. Fun, <laughs> Yeah, Monday, the first thing this morning, I had a had a guest we are talking about. He was an airline pilot, and we talked about all the COVID stuff and flying and stuff. And we just had our, our raging political discussion uh, about current issues, scandals, and everything else. And so now I get to talk about sex and sensuality. I, mean, it's, I live in three different worlds on Monday. <laughs> it's, it's really kind of cool. Mm,
3: I know. You have, to, you have to shift a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: I do. That's why I have themes. So now that I'm in the mellow mood, tell me, where should we go this week?
3: Well, what came up this week, and again, you know, Overall, the topic is sex and sexuality and sensuality, but there's so many Mm -hmm. tangential topics that are really important. So some
1: you are not limited. Sometimes the
3: topic doesn't sound exactly like what we're quote supposed to talk about, but um, it comes Mm -hmm. to me. I feel called to talk about it. So what's on my mind this week, from talking to friends and um, my circles, is when you magnetize energetically. The relationship in your, that you need in your life, the intimate relationship, because you're doing your work, you're on your path, you're doing your, your spiritual work, your, your work to improve yourself, you know, as many of us are journey of self improvement and you tend to magnetize partners that either mirror hmm. you or trigger you or, or just the right one for this stage in your life. And we've talked about before, we've touched on before soulmates versus intended beloved, and there's different terms for this. Some people say twin flames, but I use I use the term soulmate and intended beloved, and <clears throat> a soulmate is somebody that you could have a past life agreement with, if you believe in that, or just sort of a uh, understanding on a subconscious or spiritual level, maybe not a verbal or overt understanding, but some sort of energetic understanding that magnetizes you toward them and They're working on something and you're working on something and it's exactly what you need right then. And uh, possible sometimes a soulmate is someone who isn't necessarily working on something that they need you for, but they've agreed on some level to help you at this time. But it's a temporary-ish relationship, whereas the intended beloved is the one you meet when when you are in your highest state of consciousness, ego aside, and you've done your work. Uh, you're living in a constant channel with divine spirit, and you're ready for your ultimate quote soulmate. That is actually your intended beloved. So that's a lot of words, and we can break all that down if it's interesting yeah, it's to either. you.
1: <laughs> no, it's all interesting to me because I've I've heard the term soulmate. I you know I remember reading Richard Bach when he came out with his book One. You know that was the big thing, and of course I you know I had to do the Jonathan and Seagull thing when I was a teenager, and because oh, uh, he was a pilot, well, I read the biographies. Such- yeah.
3: Such a good book. Jonathan, I, wrote, wrote that, I read that out loud to my children. We do a lot of read-alouds yeah. because even if they can read, there's something different when you have, you're have you allowed to just listen to a story. So some of the most more profound books that I think mm-hmm. have deep messages, I, we like to do read-alouds. It's good for me, too. That's a beautiful yeah. one. Mm. Yeah. As
1: far as I know, though, birds don't loop. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> it's a great story. I
3: don't know. Oh, I have no idea
1: I've never seen um, I'd say I've I've looked I've never seen birds loop but uh, that's only that's in that's part of the story but it's not So I'm not I don't think I'm giving away anything here but uh, the it's one of those things you have to yeah Richard Bach was interesting uh, fighter pilot
3: what else did he write he wrote and I can't remember the title the pilot who is the pilot uh, a reluctant Messiah
1: Oh yeah, then he wrote. Uh, Wind, was that no? It's not Winston and Stars. That was the Santuwan and Pudi or whatever. Let's look at Richard Bach books because I know I've read something about him. <laughs> uh, but there, there was the big it's soulmate a, book, a which I, book, which was squishy for me. Um, yeah. So Goodbye.
3: regarding, uh, huh? in the meantime, I just regarding the topic, you know. I just think it's important to remind, you know, you have a lot of listeners and some know this already, but we remind each other, we don't all have to be experts. You know, I'm, I'm more advanced in some ways on some topics. And thankfully I have a big group of people who have different strengths. So we we share off each other, but just Mm -hmm. a reminder, or if it's new information that when you're triggered in relationships, when you're in a relationship and there are feelings of, unease, feelings of anxiety, feelings of fear, feelings of anger. And in in this relationship that has to do with you think it has to do with the other person, something they're doing or not doing or saying, Mm -hmm. just a reminder that that is actually your stuff coming up that needs to be worked on. It has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with them. They are fine. They're exactly who they need to be. That is your mind playing its monkey games. And it, it's asking you or it's, it's requiring there to be a situation in place to make it go at ease. But even the need to have something happen outside of yourself to make your mind at ease is showing, showing you, showing me, showing us when it's happening to us that we have work to do because ease comes from inside. Ease comes from a faith, a peace, a trust, um, curiosity and surrender to the moment. So the goal is not to require something outside of ourselves to be a certain way, including our intimate partner in order Mm. for us to be at ease. Right. Um, And, and, and then moving forward, if, if once you've done your work and you realize that, Oh, okay. So when, when he says, Oh yeah, you know, I'm not really available to do that, that activity. Actually I got kind of busy with work and, and you take that to mean he doesn't want to be with me. He doesn't yeah, exactly. love me,
1: right? So that
3: is your work because he might actually mean that. We don't know. But if he actually means that, then there's you're probably not in a, in a partnership. There's other things happening in the relationship where he wants to distance himself from you. And it could be because mm-hmm. of you're pushing him away because of your internal beliefs. Right. It's like this endless spiral. But if the relationship is good and you have a good partner. A lot of those anxiety and worry has to do with your own internal voice, which is trauma and baggage from the past that you haven't healed. It has nothing to do with that person, right?
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense. So just, I mean, yeah. you just being able to go the there. and, Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and in fact, yeah, uh, and, that, that's a perfect yeah. example. I have to work late no you don't you're seeing somebody <laughs> or or you don't care about me anymore or all this other stuff and people make up that was people go to the worst case scenario right away and the more that you you worry about things and more that you uh you know have, that have this stuff you haven't worked through yeah i can see where that would do, you know make things incredibly worse but here's the weird part though i remember earlier in life when well, we I had go all to my we go to what's go
3: familiar we go to yeah. what's familiar the mind the mind jumps to the comfortable familiar even if it's scary and horrible Bad. because it's yeah it's, because it's, 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 it's scarier for most of us to trust that the, we might not know what's actually happening, to be curious, to surrender to the possibility oh. this person is actually working late and we're safe mm-hmm. because we didn't feel safe. We haven't felt safe in our lives. We haven't felt safe, maybe as children. So the feeling of unsafety is very familiar. So it's easier for us to jump to unsafety. But then you're you're pushing away and you're ruining the relationship essentially. Go ahead, Greg.
1: No, that makes perfect sense. I, I was just gonna say that. Like mm-hmm. I think we talked about this last week. I've never felt safe. <laughs> so so safety for me is not an issue. Um, it, it's just I don't care. I mean, and you know, but actually, I, I you know um, feel safer now in my independence. See, to me, my safety is my freedom. I think I don't know if I've mentioned mm. this before that that men feel uh, secure when they're free and women feel free when they're secure. And that fundamental difference causes, you know, a vast majority of our problems. And so, mm-hmm. you know, whereas it was men need their freedom reinforced, you know, and then they're fine. You know, they'll they'll be the strongest attracted to somebody who's like, you know, who trusts them and has that freedom. You know, they're going to go do something. They say, I'm going to the shooting range with the dudes. You know, OK, fine. You know, it seems like you're you're abandoning me. You need to spend more time. You have to be here for me and all this other stuff. It's like, that's the quickest way to drive a guy away. And and women, I think, are are just the opposite. That uh, if a guy challenges their security, you know, and doesn't reinforce and say, hey, you're the one. You're you're well, a gorgeous today, you just it, like yesterday. If, you know, it makes a difference.
3: If I had if I had a partner as a
1: as a feminine woman, if I had a partner that
3: mm-hmm. was anxious when I went out or or stressed out. I I would say I don't mind, I I don't mind at all. And I feel, I feel safe when a partner expresses concern and that I get home in time and that, and that I, and that they feel, they feel like they can trust me obviously, but if Mm -hmm. I had somebody constricting my freedom, that would feel much of a turnoff for me. And I wonder, I, I wonder, I I feel like maybe men really also, they want peace. Like they kind Hmm. of, crave peace the most but you you think it's freedom the most
1: uh i do uh oh well, peace of mm-hmm. us, i think they kind of work together so the yeah. freedom is like if a guy says you know i love you madly you know unless he unless he tells you otherwise you know you don't have to hear it every day because the guy's mind the guy's gonna think well i said it once you know what, what, what does she need right it, 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 we're operating on such different levels; it's fascinating. Whereas the woman thinks, "Well, he didn't say he loved me today; he must not love me anymore." That's not true. He said he loved you last week. <laughs> you know, it's nothing's changed. You know, as far as he's concerned. So I think that, that we have kind of consistency with guys that we don't. That I think women look at like every day is like a new day, and guys are like if everything's the same, everything's the same. I'm fine. Nothing's changed. Isn't that yet.
3: interesting? That, I that, think that, that feels true to me. That feels true hmm. to me. That uh, that the masculine tends to check the box a little bit so to speak mm-hmm. and say okay i did that so it's done now and she says and, and i i feel like because the feminine tends to be circuitous tangential and kind of spiritually maybe more tuned in again feminine energy not not women feminine energy that we are aware that that things do change and that the 3d world is not consistent the 3d world throws you loops all the time right throws you for mm-hmm. a loop all the time so that's interesting. need prefers to have reassurance for her prefers to hear it and know well, that security uh, that goes to that, my security yeah. thing.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you, if you're reassured, then you're secure. Whereas the guy thinks, you know, if he's constantly asked questions to, to, to put the burden on him, oh, to isn't reassure, that interesting? He, he's like, well, why should why do I have be doing this? Why doesn't that, you know, I told and so her, what you does know. it
3: take, Greg? What does it take for us not to need the other person to reassure us? Here we go in our work again. Yeah. So I'd be curious.
1: Everything comes down to communication.
3: Yes. So many of us were raised in homes where we didn't feel secure and we had to earn the love. We had to work for the love. Maybe the love came and went sporadically. We didn't know what was going to bring it. And so we're vigilant to other people and their moods and emotions Mm -hmm. and a constant need to check in because our small child inside didn't feel safe. So here we go. Now, how do we work on ourselves to a feel safe and grounded. This is root chakra work. A lot of this is energy work, um, mm-hmm. and you know I teach somatic movement therapy. Mm-hmm. This kind of thing is where we do our work. Oh my gosh, so much of it: safety, security, grounding, centering, loving myself enough that I don't need outside influences as much to reassure me that I'm so mm-hmm. full of my own self-love and I and, and and ability to care for myself and get my needs met. Um, within others' boundaries without stepping on other people's boundaries, get my needs met, you know, in a in a reasonable way, right? And mm-hmm. uh and not having those kind of expectations on someone else. And that being said, how lovely to be able to say to a partner, I know you love me. I know you tell me regularly. Sometimes the little girl inside me needs it more. I get a little scared. I I trust you, but sometimes things come up. Would it be okay if, if when I need a little extra, can you, can you help me out a little and just tell me these things? No, that's
1: perfect thing to say. And I
3: really think a loving partner would say, absolutely, here's our code word, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. um, thank you for doing your work and thank you for communicating this to me so I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong or I'm disappointing you, you know, mm-hmm. the things that come up when, when we don't feel safe, we don't feel secure for women. So we push away or we get angry or we find... We, we maybe deflect it to some other issue that it isn't about that issue at all, right? So how to avoid those things. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I think uh, things have got a lot better. I think women have requirements. And I think, guys, we don't like requirements. You have to buy the right present for Valentine's, or we have to go to the right restaurant, or you have to say the right thing at the right time. And we guys, we're not good at that. We're not good at, at uh, feeling like we have to live up to all this stuff. But uh, if, you, if the women make it easier and say, look, just you know, tell me you love me more, because I really like hearing it. I know you do. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but I really like to hear it more. So if it's okay, you know, if you can just do that, then I'll feel better. You'll feel better, too. And it sounds good coming from you. So, you know, uh, that's a communication thing where if she says, well, if you don't tell me, I know you don't, you know, you just, I guess you just don't love me anymore. Well, that's negative. So there's, a, there's, a, there's like a positive and negative way to approach every problem or every or every challenge or every personality thing i don't need to say problem that sounds negative and everybody I will, has things.
3: I, I will i feel strong yes i feel strongly a good man a good strong mm-hmm. man who truly loves you is absolutely willing to give you whatever you need if you're vulnerable and honest and authentic and if you're mm-hmm. meeting his needs and you're open-hearted and you love him and um you know we all have weaknesses and baggage, but, but you're aware Mm -hmm. of it and and you're trying and you're not playing games and you're, you're really being service to others' energy, which I emphasize a lot, you know, in relationship, Mm -hmm. service to others' energy versus service to self. A good man will bend over backwards. He'll, he'll, he'll give you those extra things. He'll, he'll, he'll pour into you. um, If you pour into him and and that, I, I think that if, if someone's not willing to do that and, and expects mm-hmm. you to be <clears throat> completely strong, independent, and not have these little extra needs and fluff, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right right person for you, actually, because we're all human. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was just thinking, too, as we're talking here, that, um, that something that, that I love is, is if, uh, you know, someone uh, I'm interested with, or even, you know, women who are friends of mine, if they'll say, hey, you know, can you take me to the shooting range? or I really want to go flying with you or whatever it is you're doing. Let's go on an adventure. Let's go drive somewhere. We've never been, you know, that kind of, we guys love that stuff. You know, guys love to show things and so, or have women involved with things that they're doing. And I don't think a lot of my women think of that, you know, it's like, well, you hear lines. you know, cause I used to work at a gun store. Guys would come in and say, you know, I really, I can only buy one gun this year cause you know, my wife told me I can only have one cause she needs furniture, you know, is this furniture? Mm-hmm. We're not a joint thing. And, and so, these restrictions that come in, you can only do this, you know, with my permission. And that's that, that restricts freedom once again. So, but if women would get more involved in what the, what their guys are doing, do things that they like to do and invite the guys to do things they like to do. So if someone likes antiquing or, or whatever it is, you know, flower arranging, who cares? Doesn't matter. Or women, or, well, especially if you have two adventurers, you know, you have one who's a, a hunter and the other one's a, you know, whitewater kayaker. You know, go. One goes hunting with the other, and the other one goes whitewater kayaking with the other one. So, you know, so there well, are ways to find things like, to do together. I
3: agreed. Think. If you adore your partner and you really want them to feel amazing, you you, you build them up and you talk mm-hmm. about how wonderful you think their hobbies are, and you show interest. And you know, I feel like if if I'm living in a house and I I do want some furniture, and he's got this hobby that's super expensive, and you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a way to go about and get what you want, what you need and everyone feels good about it. And I think that's communication as it always comes down to. And I think that's an awareness of the energy your partner holds. If it's strong, masculine energy, don't butt heads with him in a masculine way, unless you want to just fight and never get anyone's needs met. Come at him in your, with your feminine energy of softness and trust and, love and adoration and receptivity and um and you know that you get a lot more flies with honey than vinegar right so i don't know how good it feels to be in a relationship where someone feels they can't have a gun because their wife says we're getting furniture i i don't know
1: oh i've I've heard that <laughs> you know well I, I had but a, i'm not
3: sure how good that feels to either partner you know it
1: doesn't you know it's, it's a control thing mm-hmm. you gotta give up the control if you're in a relationship give up the control you know, stop, stop being so restrictive of yourself. That it has to be the right, way, you know. And otherwise, you to get anywhere. How
3: hard? How how difficult in general, Greg, to give up control? I mean, this is like a life lesson uh, one hundred and one, like the best what? one, right? Surrender, yeah. curiosity, Let go. and control. Let go, people. Moment to moment, anytime yeah. the voices in the head start happening that make you feel yucky inside you know, curiosity. What is that? Where is mm-hmm. it coming from? What's being disrupted in my perfect little world that I wish everything was this way, but it's not. And can I let go of that and be curious? Huh? Yeah. Well, what would happen it's not a perfect little world anyway. For... <laughs> yeah. What would well, happen if we didn't have a couch for a year? We sat on sleeping bags instead and my husband mm-hmm. got this fabulous gun and we decided to take, weekend trips hunting. I mean, would it be mm-hmm. kind of a hilarious, fun year or would it really stress me out? I don't know.
1: Expectations. You know? Yeah. See, I'd rather have a jet <laughs> than a house. So I have to, you know, if whoever mm-hmm. my next girlfriend is, and I'm, I'm sort of contemplating this now, actually. So you're the person to talk to and think, you know what? I'm pretty, I'm pretty cool with myself now. I, I like myself. Things are going well. I feel really not only free, but secure at the same time. So I'm thinking, yeah, maybe this is a good to do that. But, you know, as someone who's going to want to, you know, fly jets upside down and and do some uh, pretty adventurous, spontaneous kind of stuff. But the secret is letting go. And I want to get back to what you originally mentioned about uh, needs Mm. and and, and needy people and things. And the people that you attract is based on things you have to work on. Uh, The most important thing I learned over the last, you know, (laughs) 60 some odd years uh, is to let go and that you don't need other people. You have to give up the idea that other people are going to affirm who you are. You have to have enough confidence in yourself and know yourself and value your own self and your own accomplishments and your own you know, desires and your own dreams, your own know, things like that, that you don't need the validity of everybody else because you're always going to be disappointed because there's always someone that says you're an idiot. I mean, if I listened to everybody else who told me all the things I was doing wrong with action radio, I'd be in some boring job somewhere miserable, <laughs> you know, but I didn't listen to them. And some, in fact, and some of them were actually right. So I have changed some things, but I don't, but it's never, as a personal threat. I don't take it, you know, the same that, uh, you know, but a lot of people, the, this somehow this compulsion people have to tell everybody else that, that they know best and, and, you know, to let it go. So someone tells me it'll never work. Okay, fine. I'll let it go. That's your opinion, pal. You're an idiot. <laughs> you know? Well,
3: this is another reason. And this is a reason why being very selective about your support group is important and, okay. and, and surrounding yourself with people. So I believe we, we level up energetically, meaning mm-hmm. when you're ready for that next step or journey, God, divine source, whatever you want to call, will introduce you. will keep sending you people to support you. Now, everyone else sort of falls aside. Someone who says you're an idiot, you're crazy. When your energy is aligned with what you're supposed to be doing, those those people are like little flies. like you just brush them aside you. they're not almost not even in your in your mm-hmm. scope, right And so how important to there are people who will always step forward and support you when you're supposed to be doing something right spiritually when you're yeah. on the your right path and just a focusing on those people and that tribe and those voices and let everyone else just fall aside right.
1: Yeah, but there's a dichotomy mm, of this. Uh, the more secure I become, the fewer, <laughs> the fewer potential people I meet in terms of, of dating and stuff. Like the, the when I was mm. insecure, needy, you know, confused, mm-hmm. emotionally a basket case, I met all kinds of people because there are plenty of them out yes. there. Yeah, get together most
3: people are on that frequency because most people ah. are walking around that frequency, and so okay. your pool has gotten very small. This yeah. is one of the downsides, and I don't think it's a downside, I and mean, I'll tell you why. But this Not is personally, one of the but... Pers- Perceived downsides of leveling up spiritually, so you're going from, and I don't want it, 3D to 4D to 5D energy and beyond, which is what a lot mm-hmm. of humans are doing right now, a lot right. of us. So your tribe and your pool becomes very small. That's mm-hmm. great because because you, you know now you don't have to sift through a lot of people too because see sure. usually pretty quickly. <laughs> the red yeah. flags are more apparent early on, right? Yep. Mm And, um, and uncle, I've done that work. I'm not going to go through that with someone or, Hey, everything else is in place. She's got this one thing that she's kind of dumb about energetically. She, she hasn't fixed. I, and that she's ready to, and I can tell she's been talking about it, that she's got this area in her life. She's weak. You know what? I'm going to help this woman level up. I, I, there's enough good things in place. Level up. Uh, Explain we, level we have, up. You know what I'm saying? We have enough. I'm going to reach a hand down and, and help her okay. get to the next level. So <laughs> we don't mind having weaknesses and partners. They don't have to be perfect, right? But it has to be balanced enough, and they have to be on the journey, willing to do the work, and close enough to our level that it, you know – that it works, right? Otherwise, it's like this daddy-daughter thing. It's the energy is, you
1: know. Or mommy-son thing. That's I don't know, kind of, um, yeah. Well, But I don't think, see, this is another thing I discovered, too, is that, uh, you know, the person you're going to get along with best is a, is the person where you, you love their quirks. You, you know, the faults, you love them anyway. They do really stupid, goofy things, and it's like, that's really cool. You know, it's, it's a Harry Met Sally kind of thing. You know, when he says, I love the way you do this, and uh, you get all your style dressing on the side and all this other kind of stuff. So that is is a huge indication, but that comes from letting go. If someone doesn't do things Mm -hmm. the way you do them, let it go. You know, this is the one Mm -hmm. thing I've learned. The things I've let go are staggering uh, in terms of expectations, in terms of conditioning, in terms of everything else. But uh, you almost need like a let-go workshop. You know, someone screams and yells at you, let it go. You do,
0: (laughs) let
3: go. You know,
1: there's an idiot driving in front of you. Let it go because you're going to be that idiot tomorrow. You know, and all these, and in relationships, you know, so people well, say things. Well, this is and where
3: meditation. Know, you, okay. This is where, me. Yeah, this is where meditation is so useful, Greg. You know, like, mm. that's what you learn to do. The thoughts come in, right? You meditate. The thoughts come in. Actually, I don't. And
1: I fall asleep, but that's a different
3: story. <laughs> I've, never, I've never got yeah, the hang of it.
1: You'll have, I'll, you'll have to give me a meditation workshop, and, and then I'll fall well, asleep, I and you wake me up and go, Greg, you're not valuable. meditating. Okay, fine. How do you do it?
3: Well, so in order not to fall asleep, you sit up and you don't meditate in your bed
1: because your well, body is in sitting bed up. With, I can fall asleep in any. I probably sleep standing up. If I, if you I know what? I you
3: up. might be. You might be going into just immediate theta brainwaves. Like I don't. We'd have to discuss this further, but like this may be fine. This might be. You just might go into super deep meditation. I don't know. No, well, <laughs> well maybe this is an interesting thing. Up straight I mean, I, with your feet on the floor, sitting on the edge of your chair, back straight, yep. hands on your lap.
1: Yeah. I'll be okay. out cold in about 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I, I and then do you slump ability.
3: over or you stay in that position?
1: I think I fall. <laughs> I just, well, I don't know, but it's just, I remember always, That's or I, well, I don't think I've ever done that oh. specifically, but I've been like, you know, uh-huh. you know, back against the wall or something like that, or just sitting comfortably somewhere on the floor. Yeah. Get your bit, back bit, off the wall. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever it is, I, I just, it just doesn't work. I don't feel any different. I'll just, I'm ever sitting here for 20 minutes going, I'm just sitting here for 20 minutes and there's no revelations, no, it's like, I'm waiting for something to happen and nothing happens, you know, or I fall asleep or just, well, what's it, happening, it doesn't what work is for happening, me. Well,
3: what's happening, which is very good work is you get, you get to listen to your own mind. You get to be the observer. So, I do that so, on bike rides. You know, you okay. are not, you are not, your mind you are not your thoughts you know this we are the observer of our mind and thoughts we're the one that notices what's happening we're the one that notices the emotion we are not the emotion so when you say nothing happens i will argue that what what the good work that's happening is you get to pay attention to your own mind and emotions even if you're even if they're not all they are ideally
1: i'm always paying attention to that
3: yeah so then so Then maybe you tend to go into a meditative state. So the next step is paying attention. So then the next step is maybe going to your breath and paying attention only to your breath. And as the thoughts come, you just notice them. You've done this before probably.
1: Not really. Maybe. No, like I say, I, I, okay, I go so that's bike riding. Step. So that's yeah, the next right, step here, in let me, so. uh, let, me yeah. Yeah, let, let me try this exercise because you know mm-hmm. when I, I go mm-hmm. bike bike riding is like my spiritual thing. It's me, nature, the wind. I notice uh, every aroma, every tree, every fern, every every you know house, you know uh, fireplace. You know, ten miles away, I can smell it. You know, I, I hear you know gunshots from practice ranges miles away. I and mean, I, I hear every airplane, every bird. I hear everything, frogs, the whole bit. Uh, and I'm I have like this dialogue goes on in my head. These fascinating, you know, revelations. And this is where it's like the subconscious talks to the conscious and uh, just, you know, huge scenarios of so things get worked out. I actually think of a lot of bills when I'm bike riding, but for some reason, and I purposely do not have the sound thing or there's no distractions except everything that's around me. So I'm pretty, so that is my meditation and it's, it's like an alternative form. It's a lot more useful to me than just sitting, mm. you know, thinking, because I think, I so say my best thoughts when well, my head is clear, and my body's moving, and I'm exercising, and uh, you know the the, the 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 lungs are pumping, and the blood is going, the muscles are working, and all these things are, are are working. But to me, is that an alternative form of meditation? Um, that were, in other words, maybe the med- the traditional meditation sitting. I'm not a person who sits. I'm a doer. You know, this is action radio, not talk radio. So I can't not be an action person with whatever I'm doing, even though I look like a nerd. You know, really active guy. Um, and so are there alternative forms of meditation that are just as good or are they different?
3: Yes. There's walking meditation, moving. Med- There's so many forms of meditation. Absolutely. Okay. I think swimming is a great meditation. My you guess is too. biking yeah. is your best form of meditation. Anytime yeah. where you're forced. Well, I hate the word force where you choose to put yourself in a position where mm-hmm. the external world is less, and in your internal world is more. You're more able to notice and be aware of what's happening in your internal world, moment to moment. The thoughts that enter your mind. What are mm-hmm. they saying? And after they say that, how do I feel? And is that thought true? Huh, that's interesting. Curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, begin noticing your own thoughts, your own monkey mind chatter,
1: and Explain not that to identifying people that, with uh, it. They not mm-hmm. heard the term monkey mind. That's a, that's a really important yeah. thing for people to get.
3: Oh, I have the biggest, craziest hyperactive monkey mind ever, so I can really explain this. Um, Okay, walk into a room. Oh, there's my friend. I haven't seen her in a while over there. Oh, there's that guy that texted me a few times. He was into me. Oh, there's my ex-husband. I mean, who knows? It's a party. Oh, my gosh. Here come all the thoughts. Why hasn't she texted me in a while? She doesn't really like me. Okay, she looks really thin. She, she looks really good. Did she get Botox? I feel like I don't look so good. I, maybe I've gained weight. Oh, my God. Is my ex-husband looking at her? He's totally looking at her. Oh, my gosh. Did he, um, did he do that thing he was supposed to do for our kids last week? He told me he was going to do it, and I never got a follow-up text. He's so irresponsible. <clears throat> I'm going to go over there right now. And, oh, wait a minute. There's that guy that texted me. I mean, it's on and on and on. Um, is he talking to someone else? Like, it's all day, every day. Go to a yoga class. Oh, should I be at the front or should I be at the back? Because I'm at the front, everyone's going to look at me. Then I have to really do the poses really good because everyone's looking at me. But if I'm at the back, the teacher won't see how good I am and maybe she won't call me out for my crow pose. I mean, we can do that all day, every day, just constant chatter about are we good enough? Are we doing things right? What do they think about us? What do I need to do in the future? What have I not done good enough yet? What did I fall back on? What did I? I mean, there's so... So then the goal, this is not peace, right, Greg? This is the opposite
1: of peace and serenity. <laughs> I was just thinking you're a genius. I'm going can, can give you a round of applause for that. <laughs> that description was so good of monkey mind. Just all the thoughts in your head racing out there. I, I even wrote it down, you know, 936. So I would say 935, folks, or so an hour and 35 minutes into the show. Uh, or maybe two hours and thirty-five minutes in. Uh, that's where you want to listen to that. Monkey mind. That was genius. That was absolutely right on. But uh, and I know people think like that. I don't. You know. I mean, I, I have some thoughts. You know, as people like I haven't seen or uh, you know, I, I have like a fiftieth uh, high school reunion coming up in four or five years or something like that. That's going to be interesting because I haven't been to any of them yet. Maybe I will go to the fiftieth. You know, let's see who's changed because reunions are a good time for that kind of uh, monkey mindset. But monkey mind, and I'll, I'll hear myself doing monkey mind. Going into that kind of mode, I go, Greg, that's your monkey mind, and I even talk to my oh, own mind, stop you. that, yeah, I just say stop that, don't think that. I said that's not real. Mm. That's, the monkey mind is not real. Monkey mind is is your personal sabotage, and we should talk a little bit about. In fact, that well, there's a whole show or two. Personal sabotage. People sabotage relationships just to prove they don't work. You know, I probably have done that myself. <laughs> you know, somewhere along the way, I don't want to do that again because whole, we have
3: to we have to convince our ourselves that we know the truth and the truth is we're not really loved and people are evil and they can't be trusted. Whatever truth we believe we were given in
1: mm-hmm. our
3: formative years, you know, the biggest fears, the biggest traumas that happen, we haven't worked through. Mm-hmm. Then our mind tries to get us to understand that we, under- Oh, you understand the world. You, you know how it works. It, you, you're you in control because you know how evil people are. So as long as you, as long as you're right about that, you're safe, which is the opposite it's a cage yep. we live in. Now we've built ourselves a cage of fear. No.
1: right? Let go. It comes back to our theme. Let go. You're not in control. The world isn't safe. Okay, so what? It's okay. That's the way it is. People change. Things happen. The minute you give up control, you get absolute control of yourself because in, in letting go, letting go is like the ultimate control in a good way so you don't have to worry about anything anymore. That's no easier
3: said than done. I think there's a lot of... Course of course it is. To <laughs> I didn't, it was easy. You're right?
1: Well, no, but, you're
3: right. You're absolutely right. But for, I but, think for most people, like they need steps to that. Right. And I mm-hmm. believe very strongly that if you don't have a meditation practice, a prayerful oh. meditation practice where you you begin by aligning yourself with your highest light. So I my prayer is heavenly father, mother, saints of all religions, all ascended masters. And by that, I mean, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I usually call Jesus by name because he's one of my faves for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And We do Jesus uh, here
1: a lot. Yeah, Jesus is real popular on this show. Yes.
3: So I, I mean, who's who did more wonderful work? I mean, I have my own ideas of who he really was, but absolutely mm-hmm. the highest ascended, ascended master, ascended light being, closest spirit to divine source creator. But um, so I call on, I call on, I make sure I know who I'm calling on, and then I go into my meditative state, which for me is just saying hello to myself with love, <laughs> and then And then breathing and listening to my thoughts and coming back to focus on my breath. And every time my thoughts wander, I say, Oh, that's interesting. Huh? And then I come back to my breath and then my thoughts will wander again. And they always do because I have a brain and it's here to protect me in the 3d world and keep me from being eaten by lions. But you know what? I'm okay. And I'm not going to, I don't need that today. Today I need more of my spiritual connection (laughs) and, uh, yeah, just coming back to the breath. And mantras are great, too. If you're, if you're worried about money, you could just repeat to yourself for 15 minutes. I, am, I have abundance. God takes care of me. I have everything I need. My life is full of abundance. Thank you, God, for this abundance. Thank you. And just gratitude and repeating a mantra like that, 10, 15 minutes, changes your life. Oh, my goodness. It has such, a, such benefits. You're amazed how miraculous uh, that can be.
1: Mhm. See, mine is a little starts different. Money's first coming
3: in.
1: Oh yeah. It's well, coming, actually, coming. yeah. And, and, and you know, through all the craziness of action radio, you know, I've never, I've been close to, you know, homeless for a few times. You know, when things have been really bad, but nothing ever really happened. That uh, you know, I still had the roof over my head, still had food, still had stuff, still had friends, still had sponsors, still had things happen. Uh, this this whole thing's riding on on a, on a God-driven miracle. I, I'm absolutely convinced of that. And that uh, part of it is, is taking the chance and having the faith. Once you have the faith to let go and have the faith that, that, that God will carry you through and that you're okay the way you are and you don't have to set the conditions and you don't need, uh, like I was saying earlier, the um, the, 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 the confirmation, adulation, the, uh, the reaffirmation from everybody else that you're okay. And you're never going to be okay as long as you need it from other people. You have to believe in yourself intrinsically that you're okay. And then your life really begins. And, and part of that, is, it's all like this one big process. But what's different about the way you approach it and I approach it, you meditate, you have mantras. And this is all stuff I've heard about. Uh, it does me mm. personally, absolutely, uh, it doesn't do a thing for me. Whereas my, I have mm. what I call the zone. And for me, my zone is when I'm sailing, when I'm flying, when I'm shooting, when I'm playing guitar, when I'm bike riding, mm-hmm. when I'm walking on the beach, you know, at midnight by myself and there's nothing but a moon over my head. That's a lot of fun, by the way. Walking on the beach at night is really cool. Uh, especially when nobody's around.
3: It's honoring uh, God. It's very, it's very honoring practice. Yeah.
1: It's
3: very connecting.
1: But I think there's a zone, the, Your the zone miracle is, and the beauty. Mm-hmm. But what if yeah. your zone is meditation and my zone is action? Because maybe, maybe... It's actually that's... the
3: opposite of my zone. Greg, I'm telling you, I'm such a busy... I have so much energy. I would uh-huh. be never sitting down if, if if I had my druthers. And because of that, I sit and meditate because one of my muscles I want to exercise is the ability to be still and quiet. It's, it's very difficult in yoga. I like vinyasa flow. I don't like Hatha. I don't like vikram. I don't like holding poses. And I've, in the past five years, I've intentionally Mm -hmm. gone to more yoga like that because of this this Mm -hmm. discomfort. And I feel like anytime something I'm avoiding it and not saying you're avoiding quietness and stillness, but there's, there's richness to be had. So Part of the well, it's very quiet reason I'm I mean, It's
1: just the wind going by my face. You know, so it's, it's quite quiet.
3: Yes. but it's yes, also active. Yes. See,
1: I don't, I don't like to sit and do nothing. I don't, I don't, you yes. know, I don't mind that. I usually have uh, distractions, movies, things like that. I'm watching a, a British Three Musketeers series right now. It's absolutely wonderful. You know, now that uh, uh, Directv canceled my favorite show, so I dumped them. I got this Roku stick and all these old, watching all these old TV shows, which are kind of fun too. But uh, I like adventure. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm in the wrong century. I would have been really happy three Musketeers days, unless I was you know killed early in a sword fight. But uh, that kind of stuff appeals to me. I mean, we did a show on dueling. <laughs> you know, so I'm an action. Pre- and i wonder I don't I don't know if it's personality or male, female or both. But what do you think in terms of who meditates more, men or women? Who does yoga more, men or women? Who is in more well, like Well, originally wasn't? Go ahead.
3: I believe yoga and meditation was originally a masculine led activities. Okay. Mhm. I don't know who does it more now. Probably in the U.S., you know, white middle-class housewives. <laughs> or white middle-class housewives, honestly. Yeah, it's like cheerleaders uh,
1: used to be all guys. Knuckle-y shoulders. You go back, yeah, go back 100 years ago, the cheerleaders were male because they did somersaults and acrobatics and, you know, they did pyramids and things like that. It's only women that took over or, you know, became well, – I guess the competition teams are both now. They've sort of swung back again. But, yeah, certain activities swing back and forth. So is it a guy or a guy energy thing to, to meditate in a zone, you know, as opposed to meditate quietly. Mm.
3: I, I, I feel like what, whatever your personal connection is that gets you peace and has you Mm -hmm. noticing the voices, challenging them up, leveling all the time, always Mm. stepping up to the next level. Spiritually is the answer for you. For Mm -hmm. most people who have never, listen to their own voices in their head, sitting still in a guided meditation. I love doing guided meditations with people. I love
0: sitting with people.
3: And where I sit and I, we sit, well, I believe what the Christian Bible says and many other religions and spiritual, spiritual, um, philosophies say that, that their strength in numbers, whenever two Mm -hmm. come together, two or more come together. Yes. So I believe strongly in the energy of sitting with somebody else, um, uh two or three people and and you know if it's a strength i have which i believe it is i'm happy to to, to start talking so that the, the voice they hear sometimes the silence is overwhelming for new meditators who sit by themselves right so it's helpful insight timer is a great app for new meditators who are alone choose a meditation that you love and sit and let them talk you through it or sit with a friend like me or someone trusted and and we decide, hey, what do we want to focus on? Do we want to just breathe today or do we want to focus on abundance and allowing our new businesses to take off? And then we just decide and then the one who's comfortable just starts talking through it and, and, and guiding, guiding us to now focus on our breath. Let's focus on our breath. Let's notice our body and how it feels sitting here. Get into our bodies. Um, begin to go inward, right, and, and eliminate the distractions from the outside world. Keep eyes closed if that feels fully. It does because it's easier to focus inward if your eyes are closed. And uh, nice straight spinal cord. So the energy chakras are aligned and the energy can flow up and down the spinal cord easily, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, there's so many meditations that can be done. But a basic one is this. We're going to now a little honor of the spiritual side of things uh, to make sure that the energies around us are good positive energies while we're sitting here and uh, then we're going to just listen to our breath and uh, if the person needs to be guided to do that, now we inhale and now we Mm. exhale. and you can do that for five minutes with someone and it's so beneficial five Mm. minutes of only listening to your breath I mean your brain finally gets to relax God can finally get a little wedge a little tiny bit of listening time in your in your soul you know the brain gets in the way of messaging from God right Oh, yeah. Like, sometimes God can't give a word in edgewise because our brains take over from the time we wake up got, in the morning God, to the time we go to God does not shout at, at you,
1: folks. Yeah, God does not shout. You've mm-hmm. got to be listening carefully. Uh, this is what I found out, too. We we had a we had a chat yesterday. It was kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and so God's there talking to you. You just have to listen. And that's the hard part because there's not a loud voice. And it's more of a feeling and an impression than actual words, you know, that, that appear in your head. Although, they're definitely words, but it's just – it. it uh, it's not a voice so much as for me, it's a, it's a, it's an impression. Uh, it's almost like a conversation with myself, but I know there's two of us there, you know, God and me. Uh, so it gets quite interesting. But I maybe I'm just more at peace uh, than a lot of folks, uh, just because of my own experience. Um, we have done a lot of work. I I mean,
3: yeah, yeah,
1: that's for sure. Yeah.
3: I'm preaching to the choir here when I'm talking to you. Well,
1: yeah, but it's not just me. I mean, there's (laughs) a lot of other folks here. Uh, And, and I think it's, maybe it's interesting for folks too. They don't know this, but um, Dorothy and I've never met. You know, we, we've never mm-hmm. been, you know, I, you know, I I know what she looks like from pictures, but that's about it. But it's even more interesting. One of my reporters, I've never, I don't know anything. It's just the voice on the radio. That's our it's a young reporter, which is kind of interesting. But uh, for the most part, all of us here, you know, we have these incredible conversations uh, and most of us have never met. And it's just, it is fascinating the, the way that we do things here, I think. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Another thing It's a totally different point, is when you're talking about how you meditate with somebody, so like a guided meditation, that also sounds like a very interesting way to start, a, you know, an intimate relationship with somebody, where you're almost like guiding each other. So it's like group, it's like you know, couples guided meditation into not just the the meditation, but in an intimate relationship. It's like you know, let's breathe, let's listen, let's talk, let's communicate, let's do this. It's a so very this, and I'm, I'm, this
3: leads us right to tantric sex, Greg, which is a great topic.
0: So tantric sex
3: is a meditative sexual practice, meditative sacred sexuality. And you're kind of up leveling your intimate life. If you already have a great sex life and good communication with your partner and trust, Uh um, it's it's well worth exploring tantric sexuality. If they're open to it and uh, beginning that intense eye gazing and the, Um. the synchronized, synchronized breathing the tantric yoga sexual positions. There is something really magical about that. And it takes practitioners. (laughs) Practitioners all say that it (laughs) takes it takes the intimate connection and the sexual pleasure um, in a completely like new new direction. Hmm. Just different incomparable. So you now you've combined and this is a special interest of mine spirituality intersectionality with sexuality. And okay.
1: um, yeah, yeah. Huh. Maybe someone found a girlfriend. Sex. I'll have to think about that.
3: Yeah, willing partner. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it, I mean, you can like manifest
3: say, that, Greg. You can manifest that in a few days. Oh, so I know. If You really want yeah. a girlfriend? There's a reason yeah. you don't have one. You're either, or you either you don't actually want one, or
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's the don't that's know. the question. So I have to ask I have to ask myself that question. Uh, I think yeah. uh, the the biggest problem would be. You know, a restriction on my time. Well, we have to do this. We have to do that, and I have action radio work to do. <laughs> that's, oh, my first, that's my first. That's my first.
3: Your freedom lost. Fear. Yeah, that you won't be able to
1: And I can't. I can't accomplish my goal, and, and things get sidetracked. I've I've seen things like that before, at different times, different places, and so it would have to. I'd love a situation that wouldn't get in the way uh, of what I'm doing, but could be an addition to, as opposed to a restriction on. So how would I go about getting somebody as independent as me that maybe has a similar project?
3: Well, you you pray and you say, Hey, this is what I want it to feel like. This is what I'm looking for. Someone who's excited about what I do. I mean, God has pathways we cannot predict. So again, letting go control of control, surrender, curiosity, you know, putting it out there, a little manifestation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doing a little manifestation work. And I, I think it's a meditation, but a little manifestation and then saying, Hey, you know what? I can't wait! I'm so excited. I'm curious what's going to come my way. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna surprise me how creative divine source God can be when answering my my request. Hey, I'm ready for a little bit of a part a partner. I think a supportive yeah. female partner. I'd like to share some intimacy and laughs and fun and excitement. Uh, but make it perfect for me, God. You know, you know what I need more than I do. I'm ready. I'll do my best. I'll do my part. I know what I'm supposed to do to fill her up and make sure she's and let it be just the perfect match for me right now. And then mm. be ready for it. So you know it's gonna happen. Just know it's gonna okay. happen. And just mm. be waiting. Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> Sounds encouraging. <laughs> Sounds interesting actually. Uh, I'll let to. you know. You- Seeing <laughs> this has become the the, the Greg Pangloss dating hour, then uh let's see what happens.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: Yeah, we have to meet. I just, just, I just, just out of curiosity, if nothing else. Um, You said something earlier on the show. You're talking about magnetized relationships. That's kind of where we started this. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting the words. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But it's interesting that the words uh, that are similar. I mean, attraction is is -hmm. is things Mm -hmm. coming together. Magnetizing is things that come together. Frequency is electronics. You know, there's these are very similar words that have both Mm -hmm. you know an application in, in physics. If we were in other words, magnetic polar, you know, stuff like that, and actually, but why is it that the, the terms in physics cross over to to terms of 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 love and attraction so much? You know, in in a very similar way. If yeah. You're magnetized, you know, uh, stuck on Because week, electrical you okay, we're so electrical creatures. Because we're electrical
3: beings. We're made of electricity. And this is one of the concerns, and I don't want to get off topic, I'm not going to, but this is one of the concerns about the, the alleged vaccine and the, and the heavy metals and nanoparticles they've delivered via injection to people.
1: Are oh, they're changing because, our, our Because we are field.
3: electrical beings, and we are, listen, the powers that be know more than we do about science. They drip, drip the science to us little by little. When they tell us in, in the mainstream what the science is they're working on, that's 20 years ago. 20 to 50 years ago, that's what they were working on. They don't tell us the new things. So, the powers that be have a knowledge about the way physics works, the way the, um, the quantum field works. I was going
1: to say, are Huge. we quantum people? That, 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 yes, that, it's we are. the So.
3: We yep. So it's all our frequency and how we raise our vibrational energy. And so this is why when you level up in your mm-hmm. life and you are happy, joyful, grateful, curious, I don't care what your condition is. I have been mm-hmm. homeless. So don't tell me about privilege and being elite. You know, yeah. when you level yeah. up and you have faith and you pray and you believe you're, you deserve it and you, you ask to be surrounded with people who support you and those people come your way and, and you keep mm-hmm. your energy high and curious – you will encounter you have changed your vibrational frequency you have changed what you put out the energy you're putting out that is real mm-hmm. and that's been measured in labs too joe Dispenza loves measuring energy and people's thought frequency Who? and how it changes their energy joe descenza along with a lot he's one of the most famous but a lot of researchers have done this they have can you bring one, one on the show tools.
1: could you bring one on the show
0: sometime
1: <laughs> i'm serious
3: this book called you can bring on guests you
1: know you're, well, you're welcome joe, to bring on joe guests
3: I know, uh-huh. gosh, there's so many things I could do if I just, I need a time management organizer to come into my life and, you know, I got these three kids on one school you, uh, and I got this why nursing why practice. On that? I've got detox. So, uh, I know. That's thing. what I need to do. Meditate okay. on yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to do that, Greg. You can no, meditate I'm on your, yeah. Your You're right. Okay.
0: Meditate
3: well, on so like, oh, I, I do meditate and I say, gosh, I have so many interests. I have so many people that want me. I have so many interests.
1: Mm-hmm. Guide
3: me to my correct path. Help me a kind me of bondage. Though. where do you want me to be, right?
1: Yeah, but um, that's a kind of bondage. You know, so part of letting go for me. You know, people say you need a dog. Mm-hmm. I don't need a dog. You know, I, I'm fine. You know,
0: oh, you God, need uh, know. or, or you need to have a
1: girlfriend. A <clears throat> you know, you don't be alone. Or you know, but I, I I've said it in my life purposely where this so, I have I this is so many the commitments that I don't have that so many other people have. You know this—it's this, mm-hmm. fascinating. So I can really concentrate on this, but there's still extra time. I still, you know, I'm, I have friends. We do stuff. You know, it's it, it's different. But um, but in terms of how much time people spend occupied, how much time is for your kids? How much time for your spouse? How much time for your partner? How much time for your job? How much time for your family? How much time? How much time do people actually have in a week for for nothing? I have a good amount of time. I mean, I've so I believe that you can
3: actually. I, I believe you can actually. Span time, Greg. Don't get me I Mm. really believe that you can actually create more time by meditating and raising your frequency because 3D is is the three D world is the most constricted world. And when you start up leveling your vibrational frequency, and again, this is a whole nother topic, I'm gonna recommend Mm -hmm. a book by Joe Dispenza called Becoming Supernatural. Um, Mm. you can take part of it as, as truth, you can take all of it as truth. But I will say he's done his work for many, many years. And, and I have skeptics in my life, and I'm grateful to them. And they'll say, well, he's making a lot of money off comp Yes, but he wasn't always. And the reason he has a huge following among very wise, educated people who are always up-leveling their lives and, and becoming more free and having more money is because what he's saying is true. So there are ways to actually key in to our quantum selves and our quantum capabilities and you can actually create more time. It's crazy. There's a way to do that. That makes sense. And again, am I an expert? No. Do I practice? Yes. Am I willing to share what I've learned and get other people on board? Yes. You know, that's all I'm doing. But, um, but you're right. To become a slave to the choices we made is probably not a great thing. Mm -hmm. Like deciding Mm -hmm. to get a bunch of dogs, and sometimes that's the cage people build for themselves. So they they do that subconsciously, so they don't have mm-hmm. to. They can have an excuse for not, not fulfilling their own dreams, right?
1: Yeah. You <laughs> know, you but if you overschedule
3: yourself uh, and you commit to too many things, then you're not accountable. But that's when... a,
1: that's an escape. Mm-hmm. That's that's an avoidance. Yeah. You know, so I mm-hmm. tell people, you know, get out of those bad jobs, find something you like. You know, get out of those bad relationships. You know, give your pet at home. <laughs> you know, uh, stop the car payment. You know, find something you can afford. You know, travel, relax, do more things and uh, just get rid of all the things. Get all all the shoulda, woulda, coulda, shouldas. Get rid of all those things.
3: You know, I have a friend who's extremely successful, beautiful creature. And like all of us, she's still doing her work. And a lot of times she can't do this and can't do that because she has old, sick dogs at home. And Uh I believe that that's a limiting belief because she has neighbors all around that can watch them. There's always solutions when you want to do something. So, um, Mm -hmm. It is I'm a firm believer in and practice regularly, again, not an expert, but this is part of my journey, that victim pathology is like the most debilitating handicapping thing. I can't because of this. Oh, my poor this. Oh, this is why I didn't, and this is what's so wrong with my life, and I got these old sick dogs, and I can't go anywhere because they need me. Look, yes, that's kind of true, but there's always solutions. There's always Mm -hmm. pathways when you really want to do something, and you don't have to like – you know, leave your old dogs to die alone. Always somebody will step forward. When when you have a, a desire in your heart that's aligned with divine source creator and, and a higher life, there's always going to be pathways that open up to help you. If you haven't mm-hmm. created a fear cage for yourself, right. Of, of that's an excellent belief. term.
1: Fear cage. I haven't heard that before. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. That's a good term. Yeah. Did you come up with that?
3: I did, but it's based on readings, a lot of different readings and studying. So, there's okay. a book, oh, is it called Upper Limits? It's a really good book. And they talk about the cage we build around ourselves. And I think Untethered Soul, Michael Singer, also talks about um, being trapped by your own house you've built, your own safety house, right? Mm-hmm. And for yeah, me, it it's fear cages. So from my own personal life, the cages I've all built had been to protect myself against some fear of the unknown. So my mm-hmm. goal, is myself, is to break those bars down. Yeah.
1: Well, you, you got to start loving the unknown. <laughs> you know, uh, stick oh, around the it's show.
3: That's
1: scary. No, <laughs> scary. It's it's fun. It's actually very comforting. to watch thing my my
3: little girl says that. My little girl says uh, no, that's scary, but yes, that's the work. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, my 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 inner child is a raging, you know, adventure freak. You know, with with a very high level of adrenaline. <laughs> so, you know, uh, so so I I my my inner kid, you know, wants to do things. So the, 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 that's for the the whole, you know, this is why I keep talking about jets so much because it's the ultimate freedom to be uh, flipping around the sky, thousands of feet, you know, per minute up and down at 500 miles an hour and uh, going, this is great. Yahoo. So, so, you know, you you need to do more flying. I think that would, uh, maybe you should take a flying lesson. Mm. What do you think? Maybe you should take a flying lesson. There's
3: a book. There's a book called Fear of Flying. I have not that's read not, it. Have that's,
1: you? That's not about flying. <laughs> that's a sequel.
3: Oh, okay, okay. Oh, it is. <laughs> that's why yeah, I've heard is. of it. I think it's on my to-read list. Okay, that's a sequel. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's if yeah. I love now, my, to now, if fly, you want to, but I now, don't my book,
3: necessarily pilot. Mm-hmm.
1: See, my book, The All Complete right. Guide to Flight Instruction, if I can shamelessly plug my own book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction, did the first chapter, you get such a kick out of it because it really gives my philosophy. And I wrote this back when I was 32. So this is it's mm. coming up. We're coming up on our 30-year anniversary of the publishing date, uh, which was in uh, 94. So this will be 2004 next year, my 30th anniversary of my first book. And hopefully I'll be on my mm. second one here pretty soon. Wow. But, uh, but flying, you want to have a metaphor. See, this is... And we talked about this in the first hour with uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Kevin Stillwagon, uh, who's a retired airline pilot. Uh, he was forced out because he refused to wear a mask in the cockpit, you know, as part of his uniform, mm. as they say. First hour is great. Second hour is great, too. But flying, I, I highly recommend everybody take a flying lesson. And the simple reason is uh, that the, the freedom, the, con- the, 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 the control you have over your own life when you let go and fly an airplane, it's an unnatural thing to do to be thousands of feet up in the air you know, banking, cranking, yanking, and and having way too much fun. But once you accept that and you flow with the airplane, and this is, we never really talked about this. Here's a whole other topic for another time. But there's a spirituality of, of, you know, man and machine or woman and machine. In other words, if you're with something, if you're with a boat, if you're with an airplane, if you're with a racing car, if you're with something, there's there's a blending. And I'm not talking about artificial intelligence, but there's almost a spirituality that goes along with doing something pretty incredible like that, you know, much more than a human could do on their own. And so the human, you know, the, the 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 machine allows the human to express things and feel things that you can never do ordinarily. But the human brings the machine a, a, a spirit, a life force to it. You know, it's like flying mm. a Spitfire from World War II. You know, and so uh, I'd be curious. Take a flying lesson when you can, and oh tell me how goodness. you feel before and after. I'm serious. This is your challenge. I'll you give a challenge for me now. <laughs> yeah. So put. So so, you, so so maybe for you, maybe you can introduce me to somebody. <laughs> that would be interesting. It might uh, match yes. up with me. Yeah.
3: Maybe. Okay. I mean, I feel like God has that stuff in flow. Once you put it out there, you don't have to try much at all. Sorry, there's a lot of noise happening. My 11 that sounds like you go. my, my carriage well, turned into a pumpkin.
1: Um, oh, it does. That's okay. Yeah. So so yes. we're, we're, I, I can help you with the flying lesson, and you can uh, tell me you well, how, how to put those vibes out there, and let's see what happens.
3: Yeah. You know, it's not like
1: I'm not a public well, person. Step, so, I'm not hiding. Being... Okay.
3: Right. Well, the first step is just being sure that's what you really want in, in your cells and that there's yeah, not I'm a not place sure that. Right. Yet. Nope. Yeah, nope. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's
1: like, it sounds oh, good yeah. in the ideal, but in practice it hasn't always worked out. So that, that's one, that is a That's my own personal skepticism, but I think I could be, mm. I'm open to being convinced otherwise. So I think that's a bit, that's, that's a big step right now. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, open. I'm here by the All way. Right. You know.
3: <laughs> so until next week, Greg, it's been lovely.
1: <laughs> it has. Contacts. And information. Uh, Dori uh, and Diana
3: on Facebook, website, yoniyun.com Y-O-N-I-Y-U-N. I teach somatic movement therapy and rediscovering your feminine sexuality and fire through exotic dance. And I'm a sexual health educator in the Charlotte area.
1: There you go. So you're getting better at that all the time. This has been so fun as yeah, it my all is. <laughs> I love our chat. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll see it again next week.
3: Thank you, Greg. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Sounds good. You. you take care. Bye now. This has been a fabulous day. I I, I love doing the show. I love being able to talk to the people I talk to. Someone new, uh, Dr. Kevin Stillwagon, our second hour with uh, Jonathan and and Pianchi, and our third hour here with with Dorothy. Uh, It's just, it's a great way to start the week. And so now, you know, with all the all the, the cool stuff going on. I never got a chance to take a break this whole time. So I got to play you some things and then I'm going to have a musical selection uh, for you at the end. I always I like to play a classical something. So I need something appropriate to our, our last chat. Uh, but just to let you know the, 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 the important stuff, you know, I have a new Substack column, Uh the most unique Substack ever because nobody else has what we have, which is a radio show connected to a citizen legislature. Uh, if you want to help us out here, givesendgo.com slash action radio, givesendgo.com slash action radio. Our main website here, blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction, that's blogtalkradio.com. Slash Citizen Action, our legislative site, WriteYourLaws dot com, W R I T E Y O U R L A W S, dot com, and we also have uh, we've got Skype line here live into the show. So if you if you contact Skype, uh, if you look at the broadcast page, they'll tell you how to do that. And then you can contact us from anywhere in the world. We also have live chat, which you can contact us from anywhere in the world. Just get an account. Uh, and that should do it. So I'm going to play you a few things here. Play a little bit of music. And back tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock with Brianna Cannon with Government Inquiry. Uh, Josie Cossie with the Latina Report. And I may have a guest. I don't know. Do I have a guest tomorrow? Yeah, I do. Uh, actually, uh, Josh Yoder, another pilot, another alien pilot. Josh Yoder will be on tomorrow. So we're going to talk to him. And uh, it, we do what we do best. You know, crank out the, 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 the most innovative uh, show on the planet. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system. But it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Panklo's Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive. Conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. 6651 call, ask questions and get the information you need. Florida Stars Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic and is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7:30 to 5 pm Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around health care, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy, at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with MyPillow and now goes to MyCoffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio, live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand Your Ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is StandYourGround1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best Stand Your Ground.